Shut up and sit down. There's no wiki wows anymore. And uh, thanks for not continuing to flip me off through the whole episode. I know we should. It was up. just a ghost sign. I don't know what your problem is. Uh, I go. All systems go, Captain. <laughs> All systems go. You're number one. Here's my middle finger. That's what I saw. I don't know about the rest of you guys. Speaking about lights, I have a question my, for you guys. What? What? <laughs> oh, did you did you notice my my light is out? No, but Chris is in the dark. Out. So I was driving over here, and I want to get your opinion on what I should have done. Uh, it's dusk when I come over here at you know five thirty six, and there was a cop driving with his lights off. Should I have flashed him my lights? Yes. Yes. Is that Absolutely. legal? I think you always should. Okay. It's perfect. Just like legal. normal people. Yeah, but it's he was a like cop. normal people, but he's I a was cop. just, yeah. It's perfect. It's perfectly legal. I got to, sorry, I got to fix this level for Brie because what's your name wasn't talking very loud. See? Earlier. <laughs> I freaking asked you this before. You got all pissed off at me and said no. that it was unnecessary. Well, I forgot. So. And then. I forgot when we were talking, I, I turned the. I had turned up the gain actually because she was coming in so quietly. So, so to answer Jess's question, yes, it's okay to flash the cops. Yeah, absolutely, I would. Okay, but, okay, <laughs> but I, I will say this. Um, so, outside of flashing cops, I flash a lot of people that I see driving without headlights. They never fucking turn them on. There was one behind that. me on the way too. I couldn't flash him, obviously. And but. it's and look like six o'clock is dark as shit because the street lights aren't all on. How do you not fucking notice that you're driving without your headlights on? I don't know. I mean, it boggles my mind, and it's like fucking stealth ninja shit. Like you could fucking cause an accident. <laughs> yeah, the gray cars, the black a stealth cars. ninja would not cause an accident. No, but, they, but a stealth ninja would fucking kill some people. That's for sure. Oh, speaking Good of kill, speaking of killing people, I don't want to. This is a weird segue. Oh, by the way, this is this is the <laughs> New Utah podcast. Um, it's episode thirty-three. Thirty-three, and uh, uh, Jess is flashing cops. Turn thirty-three. Um, oh, also, Volkswagen Southtown, uh, specifically Jess, still accepting socks and porno. I think this is the last week. Yes, we might extend it, but we have I have to see our our bins are almost full, and we. Just got topped with tons of kids' socks, which is totally awesome. That is I awesome. I still don't have any porn, but we have lots of socks. So You fucking <laughs> people. You fucking people. You are not helping the cause here. Jess is really struggling to find porn, too. She does not know what the internet is. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, let's introduce the room before. I wouldn't I, even tell you if I did. Let's introduce the room before I start us off with a fucking bummer. Uh, I'm your host, Chris, who you're all going to hate shortly. Uh, to my left, Jeremy. In front of Jeremy. Bree. And in front of me, which is to Bree's left. Yep. You got it. Jessica. All right. So that's, that's the four of us. Advanced uh, mistress. We are the new Utah podcast. We've got some fun stuff tonight. We have um, an awesome interview coming up. We do. We do. We're going to talk a lot about uh, Wizarding Days. Not a convention, but an awesome fucking event that you should go to. Uh, okay, so bummer time. Uh, did you guys see that story from over the weekend, the car accident? Where the like, car was cut in half? Yeah. Yes. So the drunk drivers that 
they were on a high high speed chase. Actually, no, they no, were on they a chase. No, they were on a high speed chase. They weren't on a high speed chase. They were just driving at a high. It was speed. a stolen vehicle that was. There was a lot a police officer was checking. He found the stolen vehicle, and as he was doing whatever they're doing, hey, they're you, doing that. Can you pull the mic up a little bit? The people came um, out of the the hotel that they were at. They got into the car. They drove around the cop when he tried to stop them, and he decided not to chase them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they decided that they should go 100 miles an hour anyway. And there was, uh, and they were in some sort of an SUV, and there was a sedan, like a, a Hyundai. It was a BMW. Okay. The Hyundai sedan was turning left or something on State Street where the, the, the freeway interchanges for I-80. And this car just pl- literally plowed right through the center, cut the car in half. There are pictures of the front half of the car and the back half End of the car. Of the totally demolished. It uh, it threw the driver out of the car, killed him. He was dead there. And they went like two or three hundred more yards, I think it was, um, their transmission falling out and stuff. Like there's pictures on the website. The they made website. that sound like it was a pedestrian accident uh, at first. No. But, no. Good to know. but there were like three or four guys. And so before. Before the police officer could get there, they had all gotten out of the vehicle and one of them tried to get away and he only walked a little ways away and then freaking called for emergency medical services for himself. As you do. So, um. See, look at that. Can you guys see that picture? That's horrible. That's the, like, that's the back the end of the car. Oh, no, is that the that's back? That's the back end of the car. Um, but the, the guy, I think his name was Michael Green. Yeah, Michael Green. There is a GoFundMe. You can look him up on on uh, Facebook, Michael Green. There's a GoFundMe uh, on his, I think it's on his page. Maybe it's not shared on his page, but uh, to help his family um, deal with that loss. He's got a little kid. and There's a lot of so, common friends, it looks like. Completely uh, completely innocent guy just, just driving probably at that point in time at home or to work and it was early in the morning, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it was pretty early. It, was, it shut down the freeway for most of rush hour. It, sh- it shut it down for, I think it was nine hours. Yeah. And car accident. Because it was, it was on State Street right at that, well, that it was, interchange, uh, right at the, the entrance, I think it was, to, yeah. uh, to I-80 on State Street by, what is it, a Ramada Inn and all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's right yeah. there. So anyway, so a little bit of a bummer news story, but the talk of flashing lights, uh, and flashing cops made me think of that. Flashing cops. So, um, yeah, if you want to flash cops, actually, if you want to try it out, Jess, the <laughs> set, you know, the Seven Eleven right down there on sixty two hundred and Cougar Lane. There are yes. always a shit ton of cops there. A shit ton of unified Perfect. cops. It's not Cougar Lane. It's so, the next road, Airport Road. No, it's Cougar Lane. It's Cougar Lane. Google Map that. It's across the street from Sonic, which is on Cougar Lane, where the high school is. I was thinking that it was. Not the Chevron. Oh, I was thinking it was Chevron that they're yeah. always at. Uh, oh, I'm pretty always, sure that's the 7-Eleven I got gas at today. Yep. There's always a bunch of cops there. So if you ever need to flash cop. Perfect. Good where, to know. That's Thanks. where I do it. It's where Stan's buddy, my neighbor Stan. That's uh, where all his cop buddies are at always. He gives tons of shit too. Uh, anyway. Um, Moving right along. It's 2017. Yep. Sure is. This is our. Uh, Has been for 10 days now. Wow. Steep. Wow. <laughs> did we we already did a, a twenty seven this is the second twenty seventeen episode. It is. So it exciting. Is. Wow, time is flying by. It's gonna be fucking Christmas again before we know yes. it. It's it's been Halloween val- first. Well, 
Valentine's Day, and then we float into St. Patrick's Day and weird springy time for like Easter. two weeks. Easter. Yeah. Uh, Green beer. Fuck, I bet by April 20th or whatever, 4th of July shit's going to be up in the stores. <laughs> There's already Valentine's well, stuff in the Well, of course there is. Store. There's nothing else for them to put up. So we were at the store... Um, oh, Chinese New Year crying out loud. That's right. Freaking Chinese New Year is so awesome. It is Except awesome. Chinese restaurants are always closed. No. no. And they're not even, are. we made a reservation last year. It was the time that we made it completely empty. They're like, oh, all of our reservations are coming in later. Like, oh, oh, nice. 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 So, good to know. Uh, but we went to the store and I always forget this time of year, like how just completely decimated every store is right after the first of the year. Because you have post-Christmas shopping where everyone's cleared the shelves of anything decent and then everybody brings back a bunch of shit and takes the rest of what's left that's decent and then the stores haven't restocked yet. And uh, Or they're just all closing. <laughs> that does happen. Macy's. Kmart, Macy's. <laughs> so, to be fair, Macy's is closing shitty stores that don't do revenue. They're also opening huge ones. Like they're at opening a huge one at Fashion mm-hmm. Place. So they're not really in that bad of shape. They're just closing intelligently bad stores. So, um, but yeah, so I guess, uh, it is this, um, we're going to have a new president soon. Obama's talking probably right now. <laughs> um, so his last speech and we'll have, uh, President Trump in a week. President almost, Pumpkinhead. Almost to the day, right? No, 10 days. 20th, right? 20th. Yep. So we might talk about that. Uh, we might talk about that next week. Probably, I'll try to keep it bit. somewhat light today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll stay. We'll stay. We'll try to stay on topic. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's coming up Friday, uh, Friday the thirteenth. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Don't don't don't. And uh, I don't know. Are there any cool events going on this weekend, Jess? Heck um, yeah. Are there any cool Friday the thirteenth events? Not. Friday the 13th related, just on yes. Friday the 13th. trying not to do things on Friday the 13th. <laughs> yes, there are Friday the 13th events. So most of the haunted houses in Utah yeah, are, are open this weekend. Open. So that's Sorry, a fun activity. that's not on my event list. Well, it's on mine. Perfect. Um, so Utah, <laughs> do you want to do events? For okay. those that, that don't, I'm doing this event. Do you just want to interrupt me some more? <laughs> we could just reverse roles. <laughs> you just poo-poo on my shit and I'll poo-poo on yours. A lot of poo-poo ah, going poo-poo on. on your shit. <laughs> a lot of poo-poo. <laughs> Uh, we so have to make up for saying poop for our little interviewee. I shouldn't say poop enough. Utah is uh, Utah's known for haunted houses. One of the biggest uh, haunted house places. We talk about this a lot with Halloween Expo, but uh, it's Friday the 13th. Uh, a lot of these businesses are open the week this weekend, so there's Nightmare on 13th. Uh, I know Castle, Castle Chaos, Chaos is, does, is open. Does a blackout. And Castle, well, yeah. Sixth, uh, yeah, I don't know. The Fear Factory? the one Yeah, Fear the, Factory. Fear the factory. old cement factory. So... Castle of Chaos does blackout, so the haunted house is completely darkened, more so cool. than normal. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> and they can touch you there. Well, yeah, if you they'll straight up, they'll straight up, fucking pull you away from the party and throw you like four rooms back into little secret areas. They'll they'll haul off and throw you over their shoulder and just walk away with you. Yeah, or they'll call out your uh, your kids' names when they're friends with them because they're your cousins. <laughs> I think we told that story. Yeah, freak the shit out of their friends. They're at the Halloween Expo. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So, Jess, what other events besides haunted houses this weekend? Well, on Friday, Folk Hogan oh is a local band playing at the Green Pig. Isn't that uh, Bill Frost's? 
part of that band? No. However, our button maker, Nick Passy, is one of the guitar players. Who Who is it? It's not. I Bill. love my button. It's someone that, that used to work heard. at City Weekly, right? I thought Bill Frost was part of Folk Hogan. Not that I'm aware of. It's a bunch of younger dudes yeah. that play awesome music. A little bit like Dropkick Murphys meets Floggy Molly meets awesomeness. They do a bunch of covers too, don't they? I don't know. No? Okay. Yeah. I've never really listened to them. They're that's awesome. Fine. You I should. Understand. They're amazing. Um, Next so event that's, for me to yep. piss all over? Yep. So <laughs> would you like to piss on our uh, previous guest, uh, Tra- Tragic Black, uh, shows on uh, Saturday? No. No, I forgot. Yeah, that's the Saturday. Saturday at Metro Music Hall. He was actually very cool. Their oh, he was awesome. he was great, and their I actually like their music. It is very much uh, uh, middle school, high school, angsty me. <laughs> you could be that again. Um, <laughs> so I have <laughs> I have a couple of really fun events besides those for you. Um, first, I want to let you know that Truffle Cottage Chocolates, who makes nerdy chocolates, they're every Comic Con. For the month of January, any Star Wars purchased uh, chocolate, they're donating a percentage of that in honor of Carrie Fisher to the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. That so is freaking awesome. It is awesome. really cool. we got to get them on this show. Oh, working uh, on it. And cool. uh, hopefully soon. Um, another awesome event that's happening is the Leonardo from the 14th to the 16th, the Lego World Family Festival. Oh. Awesome. Legos everywhere. Basically, don't take your Lego. shoes off. Is it going to be? The, do they have, are they going to have that same group that they usually have at the Comic Con that does all of the? Oh, I'm sure they're going to have a lot more than that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that? there is a Legos Lego Builders Association, yeah. which is the one that's always at Comic Con. But I bet this is even even, uh, bigger. even bigger than that. Uh, speaking of Legos, we watched the Lego Movie, the, the second half of the Lego Movie last night with the crackle. The crackle. Because it was on TV. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got it on DVD, but it was just on TV, so we, we kind of watched the end of it. It's such a good movie. Oh, it's you watched the end of it? Eight. Yeah, we watched the end of it. Well, you think you got in the oh. shower. Yeah, I was I watched, I watched the, the end, end of it. Of it. Uh, I will say, uh, on the other issue, I do want to just put this out there. Um, this is one of the saddest times of year. What well, Monday was was Blue Monday yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coming out of the holidays and winter. So if you are if you are feeling sad or alone... You can always call the suicide prevention hotline, one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, and talk to someone. Or you could talk to us. We're always pretty happy to talk to people. Jess would love you to come visit her at VW Southtown. VW Southtown. After, but please, please, please bring at least one porno mag. You can go to the Seven Eleven down the socks. street and pick it up, and then a package of socks. So and she'll cheer you up. Yeah. <laughs> or you could go to the Utah LARPing combat practice. That oh will show you. Oh, LARPing. Oh, uh, that is on Saturday from, that's real, from 12 to 4 at Crestwood Park? Park. No, oh, it's Crestwood. Crestwood Park. Um, or, or if you want, any Friday night, go down into Memory Grove and you can see some LARPing. Well, and they well. said you don't even need to bring your own weapons. They'll have practice stuff there. Um, good, good, because some people would bring like legit swords. <laughs> like in Memory Grove, <laughs> Friday nights, man, it's legit swords going at it. That's awesome. Metal <laughs> That's on a metal. Terrifying. I had a buddy in high school, uh, and he was, uh, he was really into that, and he had a big fake sword, and he had a, a friend who I always thought was kind of a douchebag. He was like 24 years old, lived across the street from the high school, hung out with high school kids. It always reminds me of my favorite, my favorite movie, Role Models. I love that movie. <laughs> and <laughs> that would be so good. And uh, they used to have sword fights 
legit sword fights with real swords, like metal against metal, sparks flying that type of shit. Very it's, smart. Like, it's like a finger. Oh, off. it's not. It's not or smart. Head. It's you were dumb. gonna say head. They gotta but, train somehow. But keep in mind, these this is the same friend that I used to run around the neighborhood as a kid. We would have fireworks wars. So around July fourth on the weekend. We would have, because everything's legal in Wyoming. I mean, they don't care if you blow off your own fucking hand. I almost did, by the way, once. Everything. My uncle actually had a firework go in his eye while they were at Flaming Gorge. And, uh, yeah, so, so we would, we would run around the city, city, we would run around town with bottle rockets shooting them at each other, uh, Roman candles shooting them at each other. I actually had a Roman candle hit me in the eye. Thankfully, I was wearing glasses. So it didn't it, hit you in the eye. Well, it burned a hole in my glasses. Yeah, but it didn't hit you in the eye. <laughs> so, uh, we can't say it hit me in the eye, except for that I was wearing glasses. So, that's but awesome. Yeah, LARPing. Uh, it does happen. LARPing, they, yeah. It, does ha- it happens at Liberty Park quite a bit. There's a, a group that does it down at Liberty Park. It's probably so, so, I mean, depending on how you want to look at it, you could almost say that the Civil War reenactments are LARPers. Oh, no, that's exactly what they are. They're LARPers. Pretty much. They're just I not Because it's live action role play. Yeah, they're just not fantasy LARPers. Uh, and I... They're oh, historical LARPers. They're, they're Civil War LARPers. LARPers. And why is it that the reenactors are only in the fucking South? Why LARP, LARP, Why do LARP, Southern LARP, people want to keep reliving we losing We have reenactors at Cedar Fort. Shh. Don't ruin. Sorry. Don't ruin my bullshit. Let me. Because <laughs> okay, I have two more events. Let me have the done. bullshit flow. Okay. I want to say one more thing about LARPing and then you can go to your next event. Because they lost. You love these. They have you guys ever watched Unicorn City? Man, that movie's awesome. That movie's local, great. Too. It is local. That's yeah. why I brought it up. It's a, it's locally made, locally funded. I know a lot of the people that were in it. Uh, I know who backed it. Um, and I thought it was great. <laughs> First time I saw it, I was like, this is freaking awesome. It's so low budget and low brow, but it's, it's great. It's great. All right, are you next, excited for these next two events? I, I'm excited. I, know you I don't even know what it is. I know. I'm, I'm sure. I know. I'm on the edge of my seat. Woo! You're so this is the 14th Big the Block of Cheese Day. Do you know what that is? The what? <gasps> big Block of Cheese you Day. You don't even know what it is. I was really excited when I clicked on it. I and then know. I was like, oh, this actually even just got cooler. <laughs> so on Saturday from 9 to 4, you actually have to register on the event um, to get tickets. You get to go and meet your legislators. And, and it's snacks. called Big Block of Cheese Day? Yeah. Because <laughs> you awesome. get snacks. So when it says your legislators, does it mean your state representatives, your con- congressional representatives? So or? it's put on by the Utah Democratic Caucus. So I'm not, it didn't really specify. So it just said meet your legislators so and talk to them about. So the sign up form, you put your name, you put um, your, uh, who your representative is, what you want to discuss. And then when you're available, like morning, afternoon. Uh, morning, midday, or afternoon, I think. Um, and yeah, get to go talk to him about things. Interesting. All the things. So if you want to get involved, this is a way to do it. I'll tell you and what. And it works. That guy in Layton had an anti-abortion bill, and he has now taken it off the table because so many people contacted him. Yeah, that's what it takes. It's it's emails and the stupid online petitions don't fucking do anything. Call. Picking up a phone and calling them or doing something like this and getting some face-to-face time with them. Even if you can't get a hold of them directly and you talk to someone in their staff. Try um, and get with their staff that's if you like talk in to, that department. If you talk to their staff every day for several weeks, guess who's finally going to hear about it? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But if you can find out, like, the staff member that's that's over that, it's even better. Well, I mean, if we're talking state legislature, there's probably not 
a staff member you're talking to, unless you're dealing with like the speaker or something like that. You're, you're probably really just dealing with the legislator. Um, but well, and I just got an email from my local from my local representative who I don't ever remember signing up for any of his information, which is fine. But he's actually holding an event at the grocery store next to my house to come and meet him and talk about things. So go meet him oh, and I'm talk. I'm going to talk about things and be like, look. I want to go ice skating can on you, the lake this again. Green algae. <laughs> to can, going that. to do the polar plunge. Like can in you, the algae in Utah Lake. Mm-hmm. You are. Well, the algae's dead. It's all frozen. That's disgusting. Right. Make sure you take mm-hmm. a Everyone long that hot shower afterwards. If you don't want to meet your legislators, guess what? You can do this weekend. What? You can go to the Eagle Forum Convention. Oh at my the god! <laughs> no. I knew you'd be really excited. About I just that one. totally slumped. Even you know what I'd rather. You know what I'd rather do? Go to a the f- hot fire struggle up. Yeah, can't or do that. Go to the Rocky Mountain Gun Show and get shot. <laughs> I think would be preferable to sitting or with ricochet. I'm or done with events. Fucking Eagle Forum bastards. Uh, <laughs> so what they is, are? You're, you're really gonna do the polar plunge? Maybe. Is it? That is way too cold Soon? for me. Looks. Let's be I, honest. I would jump into fire before I would jump into cold water. So they give you an option. You can run. There's actually a couple. There's one that is done for the uh, Special Olympics, I believe. Uh, and that's several different locations. Um, but this particular one is called the Penguin Plunge. And you can do a 5K and then do the plunge. You can just do the 5K or you can just do the plunge. Is this like a uh, is this like a coaling event? <laughs> is that, this is like a thinning of the herd. <laughs> I wonder how many people I might like, not come back. Have trouble like when they jump into the water, get like go into cardiac arrest. Well, I don't. I mean, right now they might not. In fact, the the temperature out right now it's been so it's really really cold for like fucking like six thousand years. It seemed but like the nights are still cold. My uncle just went ice fishing oh, this weekend. I'm not disagreeing that the nights are still cold. But it's 44 degrees right now. It's what, like fucking 8 o'clock at night? Uh, That is way too warm. In January, January, it's so warm that actually UDOT is actually preparing for flood control. Uh, It's so warm that we are having snowpack and snowmelt so quickly. Uh, UDOT's been concerned about uh, flash flooding in areas. Well, um, the avalanche warnings have been. Well, they're even warning people: don't let your kids play under the eaves of your house because those icicles are known to kill people. Icicles well, yeah. and just Steep if roofs. you have a ton of snow still on your roof. Yeah. So, and that's really for it could just that's really for the idiots that live up on the benches uh, and their rich asses. Um, icicles, though, those are a real danger. I had to knock a whole bunch off of our front porch a couple days ago. All the snow's gone now. Even my yard, which is a yeah. Uh, a north-facing yard and never freaking melts is completely melted because it's been so warm. Well, it well that because it rained. The yeah. rain crazy. helps melt the snow. Well, and there, like Zion, Zion Park was concerned about flash flooding down south as well because they had a bunch of snow that's well, now they melting. They closed the slots. Um, they're really worried about it over in California. Not that this is a show about California, but uh, the stuff in the Sierra Nevadas is... Well, and then, once again, I know this isn't... But Boise, mm-hmm. they're having... Some huge issues. They're really, really concerned in Boise because they had a ton of snow and it's melting really fast. Well, it's it's melting fast, and so it's a problem in residential areas. But it's also a problem because if the if the pack in the mountain starts to melt already, 
then there's not a big enough base and a big enough reserve. Because yeah. well, normally some of it would be it would be spring and the ground would be thawed. Well, yeah, and and so with some it, of it would seep into the ground. But the problem is, is the ground is frozen. The ground's still frozen, so the, the water, even from the rain, just sheets off of the ground yeah. now instead of soaking into the yeah. soil. So. so it's saying that the Cache Valley right now is their biggest concern. Yeah, so that's that's your Logan and Brigham City and Peachland, Bear Lake area. Uh, that's all Cache County cheese. Peach apparently, land. there's Cache County <laughs> Can cheese. Can we start or some calling shit. areas like by their what it is agriculture? Um, poop it's Salt Lake's agriculture. Uh, smog. Geoth- geothermic. Smogville. Smog Lake City. City. Dirty um, Beck Street. Whatever doesn't matter. Did you say Dirty Beck Street? <laughs> so let's talk about some let's talk about some totally utah shit right now um because that wasn't about utah well i mean that's that's Can I, I hashtag that it, total utah shit um so some stuff came out so there's a site out there uh mormon WikiLeaks. it's no longer mormon wiki it's mormon leaks mormon leaks wiki wiki probably went after wiki, him wiki 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 it's uh, Mormon. Dude, that's, why we can't, that's why we can't do that at the beginning of our show, too, is Wiki came after us. Wiki, Wiki, Wiki. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them all in the ass. <laughs> uh, no, more, so Mormon Leaks, this site that came out, and you might have remembered a, a little while back, they released thousands and thousands of, of church documents. Most of it was just mundane bullshit. Uh, but they released some more stuff, um, and some of that stuff uh, that was released were pay stubs for a couple of the elders in the church. So... For those of you that don't know, aren't familiar with Mormonism, uh, Mormons, um, almost the in, the entire church, really kind of with the exception of this top leadership, it's all volunteer. So in a what lot there? of there's like there's the seventy, and then there's the twelve, and the bishop, right, Jer? Yep, it's not the bishop; it's the president. The well, yeah, they're the not the prophet slash. So you've president. got. The bishop's 70, at the bottom 80, of the totem 83, pole. 83 people. Other so, than those 83, they're pretty much all Yeah, so volunteer. everything else everything else in the church, volunteer. it's all volunteer. Relief Society, the bishop. So the bishop, the wards, I mean, the, 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 wards. The, the stake presidency, they're all completely all volunteer. volunteer, which means they don't get paid for any of it. It's all volunteer time. And so these documents came out. Um, essentially, this was, what year was it? Um, so the, what? the first one that was released was like, 16 years ago or something. 2004, I think, or something, or 2000? 2000. 2000. Yeah, so basically it was a living allowance of $2,100, and then they had some, you know, parsonage or clergy housing allowance and a child allowance. Um, Basically... For a total of almost 90000 for the year. Yeah, so, I mean, really equivalent now, probably looking at like 120000 or so is what they're thinking these guys make. Now... Well, there is it, that's based on a more recent memo based on 2014 numbers. So. Yeah, so like I'm saying, based based on 2014 numbers, they're thinking probably around $120,000 a year. So we've actually been talking a bunch about this. Um, is what do you guys think about that? You already know how. I <laughs> well, I know how you feel, but no one fucking listening knows the conversations we have. We have so, so, so one, of, so a handful of the frustrations that I have one. Ninety-nine percent of the church is all voluntarily, but a few select group get paid. However, they don't get paid as a salary; they get paid a living allowance. Yeah, so it's not taxable income. 
That's right. Or it's taxed differently. I'm, I'm not sure. I, yeah, I don't know how that works, but it's not a it's not it's a not a straight. Income They're not like tax. having their FICA and shit pulled out. They're of not it. paying the same tax rate I am right. on that. And to be clear, most of these fuckers aren't paying it anyway because they're all uh, retired guys that probably have a. Well, no, we were talking about this, and Jeremy was saying maybe half of the seventy, but maybe the other half. It's so about half of them like are, are of retirement age. Yeah, yeah. Getting close, but a lot of them have quite. a lot of them have business interests. A lot of them were lawyers and doctors and politicians. They, they've and they've got a, a good nest donors. egg that they're sitting on, or good investments right. that's just making them. They've money. written books because they're apostles and or so know, they get royalties for the. So books. they get they get money now. Look, my opinion is a hundred and twenty grand for the top leaders of an organization. Like the LDS Church, I don't. One hundred and twenty thousand dollars doesn't seem outrageous to me. If you look at evangelical guys, I mean, some of those guys are making half a million dollars right, or more a year. That's in a different way because it is, but it isn't. They're a leader of a church, so you look at yeah. um, look at cardinals, but they have like sponsorships and shit. A lot of times, like evangelical, like TV church people. Don't get me fucking started on evangelicals. <laughs> until, as much as I'm I hate sure religion, that that's be a those motherfuckers, evangelicals can just go straight to fucking hell for the kind of shit they do to people. It's unbelievable, anyway. uh, the stuff they do. Anyway, but so I was kind of looking around. Uh, Bree was looking at, at, at different salaries and stuff. Well, of course, because I had to wonder what the what the it Catholic. was. Yeah, because I, I, I wanted to know comparatively because... I grew up, so one of the things that a lot of people don't know about me, I was almost a Southern Baptist pastor. <laughs> I toured Bible colleges when I was in high school. Uh, I gave sermons. I probably gave six or seven sermons He's to totally my Southern people. Baptist congregation. Um, and then I started reading theology and uh, decided that it was bullshit. <laughs> the organized religion is not <laughs> And for as I read more and more theology and more and more stuff about other religions, I just, you know, I came to a different conclusion. But... In doing that, I kind of knew, you know, Baptist ministers, Baptist pastors is what they call them, um, heads of individual churches. They're not so much governed. They're hired by the congregation in the Baptist religion, typically. So they are ordained essentially through some Bible college and through the Baptist religion, but the churches essentially hire them to come be the parishioner for that that church. They provide a pastoral a house. Yeah, basically. So you're no, the parishioner is the people that attend, isn't it? Yeah, uh, whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah. But anyway, so anyway, um, so they they basically hire them. They they go out on a search and they hire them and they bring them in, uh, and they pay them a salary. And it varies depending on congregation size and where they're at. But it's a it's a livable wage. They get a free house. Um, they're not making tons of money, but they're you know the average guy's probably making thirty to forty thousand dollars a year. Obviously, in in you know more metro areas like New York, that's probably going to go up considerably um, because the cost of living is so much higher. But in most areas like Utah, you're, you're probably expecting to make thirty to to forty thousand so dollars a year. So similar and on par with what a fireman or a police officer or or a Catholic priest, because we looked that up well, too. Catholic priests are are actually tie from everything I can read. So there, here's one of the reasons why it was kind of hard to find information on this. Um, churches in in the U.S. and in most countries are Nonprofit organizations, nonprofits have to file tax statements, um, form 99s, I think they're called, or 909, I can't remember. Matter. But anyway, they're, they're required to file forms. Churches file a lot differently. They don't have to disclose expenses. 
So they don't have to disclose salaries that they pay out and things like that. So it's really fucking hard to get salary information from any religious organization. It's when something gets leaked like this. Right. Yeah, that's that's pretty much when you find it or when someone does something crazy, you know, like there was an archbishop in, in New York that, you know, had like a $500,000 remodel on the house that he was living in. Um, and people start questioning, well, how much money are these guys fucking making? Um, <laughs> So Catholics, by all accounts, uh, Catholic priests, uh, now this is more equivalent to a bishop in the Mormon church, Catholic priests are making... About $30,000. Yeah, like $30,000 a year. Now their housing is, is they live in a house that the, the parish provides. But that's it. Um, and that's pretty standard, actually, uh, in most religions that the, the church provides uh, a a, well, it's a good investment for the church, too. Yeah, they have a, a piece of land that, that someone lives in. Um, piece of land that someone lives in. Uh, they just put up a fucking tent and a little porta potty. Uh, no, so, but they live meager lives, and anyone that's met a priest knows that they're not living any kind of extravagant life. Um, they're not allowed to inherit. I mean, they can inherit, but they're expected to give excess back to the community. They're not supposed to hoard and, and be wealthy and have, you know, cushions of money because you know well yeah like for instance you know with with breeze parish you know they would do contests and raffles and uh, you know uh, the the priests in her parish would always enter into the raffles and donate money by entering you know entering in donating the money when they would win they would almost always put it right back in Anything they wanted. didn't matter what it was. They would put it right back in. If they saw that something maybe wasn't going to sell, then they'd, they'd, you know, at least so try and get that kind of thing or whatever. Everything that everything that we could read and find pointed to um, Muslims are right in line with the Catholics in terms of payment level. Um, and they were the lowest. And then it went up from there. And so you had, I mean, lowest with the exception of, of Mormon bishops, which are completely voluntary. Free, yeah. yeah. Um, and then it went up from there. But it seems like everything I've read, the median is probably around forty to $50,000 for most um, church leaders for an individual congregation. But this isn't that kind of position. This is the top level of the church. This is equivalent to cardinals in the Roman Catholic Church. Um, you know, these, these are the people that make church doctrine and church decisions and talk to God. And they don't some make cases. church doctrine, doctrine. God does. Well, yeah, but he talks to them directly and they tell the people, uh, they, where they've they, got the red phone. Yeah. Oh, do you know what that phone. fucker said to me last night? He said, <laughs> all of a sudden, caffeine's cool as long as it's not hot. You just go ahead and drink those Cokes. Well, it's, it's not <laughs> against the freaking doctrine no. to have caffeine. It is against the doctrine, though, to have hot drinks because they're bad for you. Yeah. Unless it's hot chocolate, apparently. Or hot tea. Yeah, don't worry. Well, you can't have tea. Not caffeinated tea. You can't have, like, black tea. But you could have hot uh, herbal tea. Just most don't. Most don't even drink tea. There's, stay, it's so look, bad. Just look. Let's it's not. Weird. Let's not get into the yeah, doldrums yeah, yeah, of <laughs> the bullshit Mormon stuff that's out there. there. It, there's. I mean, let's. We're picking on the Mormons, but you know, quite honestly, so, you can pick on any religion. But my point was, my point was, their salaries. And when I looked, cardinals uh, at the Vatican um, are making probably about one hundred and twenty to one hundred and forty thousand dollars a year. It seemed like. Uh, I thought you said it was a hundred thousand. Hundred thousand euros. So it's probably like no. A, you said it was. 3,000 euros, three to 5,000 euros a month. No, no, no. 
five to six thousand a month. I mean, five to six thousand euros. So that's a month. that's like ninety to a hundred thousand euros. Okay, probably. but you just took it up to one hundred and twenty well, to one hundred and forty. Like, I guess really only like that's like sixty to seventy two thousand euros. I guess so. It's probably about a hundred thousand dollars somewhere in there. Yeah. With so the exchange rate. Moral of the story is relatively on par. Yeah. So it's relatively on par with other organizations in terms right. of that level of leadership. Now, I for one don't fucking care because I'm not a part of the Mormon church. They're an organization. They can set their fucking salaries however they want. I can tell you if I was a part of that, you know, of the Mormon church, I would probably be a little pissed. Uh, if, if I was giving my time, um, if I was a bishop for sure, it would just irk me because those guys, all the bishops I've ever met pretty much aren't able to work a full-time job and do the bishop work. Well, and for, they're for sure gone all day Sunday for all that they preach about, you know, not working and resting they get calls, with your family. They get calls at 2 a.m. on a Tuesday night because a wife caught a husband jacking off to porn on a fucking computer. And it's a public health they don't risk. Know what to do. Well, they don't want to have some sort of disease and from the public. Someone. I mean, really, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely atrocious the kind of risk that that provides but anyway. to the public. Um, so, but I don't really care. But, but what they're, I, they're like on 24-7 call and they're doing this voluntarily. And my point that I was bringing up to Chris was the guys, the, the 70, the apostles, they, I guarantee you those guys are not all sitting in their offices working a 40-hour week. And they're making 120 plus Dude, you do not, houses. but here's here's my point. You do not know how difficult it is to hear God's oh, voice no, in your I, head. I, have you ever talked I'm to God? Sure have you ever talked to God? The unwashed and, masses and, is is and difficult too. Have you ever spoken to God directly and had to make a but decision based on you, that that impacted thousands of people? Okay, now you're going to have to come out and say something like, but, that but the serious, rest of the world but in all hates. seriousness, you brought up the fact that the bishops are the ones getting the calls at two o'clock in the morning. They're exactly. the ones performing the marriages. They're the ones counseling and working all day Sunday and stuff. These guys are not. No. No, and, and I, they are making money, and people are saying, "Well, they used to be lawyers, and they used to be." It doesn't matter what they used to be, or what they, or what they did, or or whatever. I just, you should probably I talk just into think, the mic if you want people. To I hear just you. think that it's un. It feels really loud in my ears. I just think that it's unfair to those who are volunteering as much, if not more, of their time, who probably are younger and have families at home that they're neglecting to help families. Other people's families get nothing. They're doing so basically, God. It'd be like, but it would be like any other job. The SEO yeah. is getting paid bank, and the rest of us are working on Saturday, not even exactly clocked in. though. But you, but you bring <laughs> up a good point, which Jeremy actually brought up earlier, which is it's a business. Oh, yeah. it is, and and that's the amount of freedom that's given to religion in this country in terms of tax freedom is complete and utter bullshit. Religious organizations. All of them, not just the Mormons. There's some part of me that says religious organizations should be allowed to to maintain a non-profit status, but they should absolutely be required to file the paperwork and follow the rules that every other fucking non-profit in the country has to operate under. They should have to provide financial statements. They should have to provide... All that kind of information, like not just say, goes to administrative I believe in this really God this? and we practice religion this way. So you don't get to fucking see anything we do. That's bullshit. That's absolute and total bullshit. That's how God wants it. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, fuck your God. 
my God doesn't want it that way. He wants you to be accountable for everything you do publicly. Uh, and if you're going to spend shitloads of your church tithing money to billion to all to fucking place or ads to stop things like Prop 8, uh, you can be held accountable for everything else that you're fucking putting money into. That's all I got to say. Or at least pay taxes where pay taxes are due and don't where they're not. But but speaking of religion, uh, Salt Lake City, um, my wife over here, the lovely Bree, um, she's Catholic. I don't know if we've mentioned that. I love the Catholics. They always have booze. Catholics um, have the best parties. They really fucking do. Booze uh, and You know options. why? It's because they've been around the longest. They know how to do it. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're past we've, all we've that. We performed Next the to most Jews. atrocities by the way, that we have to drink away. By the way, rabbis, Jewish rabbis, make the most on average. Yeah. Yep. And like, and they they a lot of money. Yeah. Like six figures easy, most of them. So, uh, but anyway, uh, Salt Lake City, um, the Salt Lake Diocese has been without a bishop for a year and a half. A year and a half, which is one of the longest. Did the past bishop pass away, or did he? No, he, he was got, transferred to uh, California. Yeah, he, no, uh, New Mexico. Oh, that's right. The one before that went to California. Yeah, so he went to New Mexico, which left Salt Lake without a bishop for a year and a half, which is really So our deacon's really been running long. the show. Hmm. Yeah, really, It's really not even long. the parish priest that gets to do it. It's the deacon, because he's, he's essentially the bishop's, like, right-hand dude. Yeah, so he does everything he's gonna, you know, he, he knows how, how it all runs. But there are certain things he's not allowed to do, certain decisions he's not allowed to make, like appoint priests, move yeah. priests around. So if, if something requires that, that aid, they have to go outside the diocese and bring someone in. and da, 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 So so anyway, um, Pope Francis chose Oscar Azacron Solis, who I is... I think that's probably Solis. Solis. Uh, he's Filipino. So he was born in the Philippines. Um, he's um, out of L.A., I think, most recently. Um, but he is the first Asian to lead the Salt Lake Diocese. Uh, I think he's the first Filipino to be appointed as a bishop, if I was reading this right. I can't remember. Yes. So that's a big deal. So Utah, this surprised me. Utah has 300,000 Catholics in it. That's a pretty big number. 18,000 of them are Asian. Yeah, 18,000 are Asian. Yeah, in we fact, have a pretty big Asian. Down the street, there is a, a Filipino uh, parish. Oh, that's Like right. three blocks yeah. from, from Bree's Parish. So I think you'll probably see more of the bishop in the neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> I doubt it. Um, you have no idea how but it's hard really it is cool. to get their time. So one of the things is, so Salt Lake has a huge population of Hispanic Catholics, actually. Um, huge. Like 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 at my parish. Bigly. We have. It's really bigly. <laughs> we have separate uh, separate masses for Spanish. Spanish speaking. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's, it's, there's, there's a lot of people. They there. have a lot of power um, in my parish. Wow. And so that was one of the things they, they had a, a consideration for, but there's just not enough. Hispanic bishops to go around. So one of the things that made um, Bishop Solis uh, so appealing is he speaks fluent Spanish. So he was born in the Philippines. He's Filipino, but he speaks Spanish. So he actually reaches, you know, across a lot of cultural lines. That's uh, that's kind of cool. Well, that's yeah. to be said. So so not to. I mean, we, I guess we've bashed on the Mormons. I can go ahead and bash on my church. Um, well, I'll bash on them. I know for sure, at least in my parish, and and you know, you know, we live in in West Stabbington, and and there are a lot of Hispanic people here, more most specifically Mexican, but Hispanic just in general. Um, they are very, very, very demanding. Um, they're very boisterous. They demand to be heard. Um, 
and everything is unfair if it does not go their way. So my parish uh, is very white group does stuff and the Hispanic group does stuff. Hopefully that'll change. Um, and so hopefully because he is fluent in Spanish and we'll be able to speak to them in their native tongue, that will help. But I feel like there could be some resentment. Well, isn't it, isn't, is Joey not with your parish anymore, Father Joey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's Filipino. Isn't he's he? out. Yeah, I believe he's out in Magna. Yeah. So, um, who he also speaks fluent Spanish and English. Yeah. Uh, all that. I absolutely adore him. But, um, but yeah, they get they get pretty like we want it this certain way, and a lot of times they want it a really old fashioned way. So, like for instance, at my church, it was very modern, very modern church, very modern things. Um, the priest that we had there before kind of brought it back to be more, a little more churchy, but, um, the new guy came in when he left and he literally put up the red carpet and the dark red velvet drapes and the, the gold embroidered curtains. And he wears a ring that some of the congregations still kiss and hey, that, but to be fair, some of that may have come down to him to do that. No. As far as your individual parish goes and changes and stuff like that, that's all decided by your yeah. local parish, by your local priest. And so I feel like, you know, that's the way his old parish was, where he came from. It was very old and that's the way he liked things. And he's an older, very refined gentleman whose parents actually live in the rectory with him. Um, so. It's fucking weird. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> but you know, you never got married. So whatever. Um, so that, I mean, a lot of, it was hard for a lot of the, the white congregation to, cause it was like taking a step back in time. It was like going back to the days when everything was red velvet and the carpet was red and all of this weird stuff and took out some of the modern things. And a lot of that was due to the fact that he's Hispanic and he catered to the Hispanic community and they did a lot of it. They helped with a lot of the change. So. Hopefully he'll be accepted by them and they'll be happy that it's just not another white dude. Well, yeah, I think it's cool. It's good to get a bishop. I think it's cool. I'm happy to have a bishop back in our uh, neck of the woods. It's good to get a bishop since Cassie didn't have a bishop when she graduated. It's a little weird to not have a bishop preside over that. Uh, yes, she did. No, she didn't. He was gone. The deacon presided over her uh, baccalaureate mass. There was no bishop. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I, I was think for some reason I was thinking of her graduation from middle school. Yeah, eighth grade graduation. That. Shut up. Dumbest fucking thing ever. <laughs> it's like a fucking participation trophy. Great, you got past but the eighth grade. Comes. That's not even the minimum well, fucking requirement in the state of Utah. You got to keep going a couple more years before you can quit. <laughs> Good job, kids. But hey, if you reach the eighth grade, you probably fucking read better than Donald Trump does. Just throwing that out there. Uh, he talks at like a fucking fourth grade level. Uh, I want to burn through these really fast because we're running out of time. Because I talked a lot. Sorry. Um, no, I think it's important. It's a it's a very Utah thing. Uh, so we talked last week about uh, schools, about some uh, a proposed income tax increase for funding public education. Uh, I think we did, didn't we? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's a huge tax hike. Let's be clear. It's seven-eighths of a percent of income tax hike. Seven-eighths of one percent. That's a big. I know, so but I'm just to go from five to almost six percent. That is a huge tax increase. 
Um, so Congress has kind of gotten together and started talking about, the state Congress has started talking about alternatives, um, whether or not that's a, a, an issue they want to see on the ballot, what they can do to avoid it. Now, ultimately, if they get enough signatures on the petition, there's not much they can do. It goes to the, it goes to the voters. That's, that's the way the Utah Constitution works, which is fantastic. Um, but they were suggesting just a bunch of different ideas. Um, there's a really good article on, on KSL about some of the stuff. Um, I'll say this. This is my solution. Lottery. Um, well, lottery's that's a, a big, good, that's a lottery's good. a big one, but here's my solution. So property tax should be increased slightly. I think property tax is the right place to take it, but I think property tax should be divided by county, not by random fucking stupid school district. So that Mill Creek, where all of the property is worth a majillion dollars, gets a majillion dollars in in school taxes and, this is how, and it's West how, Stabbington gets $5. It's how most, it's how most, most states work, but the property taxes for the area the school's in, that money gets earmarked to those schools. Not all of it, but that's a big chunk of where your property taxes go. And what that means is rich neighborhoods have better schools than poor neighborhoods. Not because. Keeping the rich rich and the poor poor. Exactly. If you take Salt Lake County, just as an example, and you say all that money gets pooled, it gets split out by population. And each kid gets X amount of dollars. Yep. By population, not by where you're at in the town. What you'll see is a school like Kearns High School isn't suddenly a giant pile of shit, but they're able to invest money in the school, in the teachers, and in the students that go there. And now your school like Alta and Brighton that have shit tons of money because of where they're located. Not that they're going to be bad, but they kind of bring them back to a more even kill level. They don't get just extra advantages because I feel like if you're getting a state funded education, you should be able to get a state funded education anywhere, not just in a rich school. Yeah. And it, and it, it doesn't necessarily help really poor counties, but you don't really have the same kind of problem, I think, in smaller poor counties when it comes to education as you do in right, a place in the valley. Like, right. Because usually where that big giant discrepancy comes is inner city schools where you have high density, low property, like here in, in, in Kearns, you know, average property value is probably under $200,000. And where else is that? You're talking half a million dollars, probably at on least. average. At That's least. a huge discrepancy. Uh, Park city school districts with million plus. Yeah. Exactly. So they, they are, and they don't have nearly as many kids up in Park city. So, so now you've got a huge tax base and fewer kids that you're spending it on. Where out here, your but houses think, are smaller, closer together, probably more kids. But I think if you do that money. for Salt Lake County, for Davis County, for any of the big counties along Wasatch Front where you have that discrepancy, I think it, I think you would see an improvement in, in school quality. I, I just kind of wanted to mention one last thing on this is one of the things that they said is that it should, uh, Increase the food tax or something again? Did I not oh, read Jesus. that? No, that 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 was one of the suggestions that was made. Come on, um, people! They, they've ta- they Let's talked tax before. food. They talked bef- before about uh, doing a one percent food tax. Now the food tax is, I believe it's just restaurant, but it might be grocery as well. But that doesn't hurt anyone but poor people. Yeah, the food tax is is lower. Like it's a lower. It'd be one percent on top of sales tax right. for we'll food. the lottery. I'll It'll never happen. This. It'll well, never who was it that happen. came in? Was was ta- was it Harriet that was talking was about? Thanks for my education, Utah. Yep. Yeah, because he's, he's an Idaho, Idaho kid, and it's true. It's so true. Uh, 
couple other things. Um, Salt Lake County or Salt Lake City. So right there on 4th South and between 3rd and 4th East, uh, there is Salt Lake Roasting Company. We've talked and about them. Chase Bank and nothing else. Yep. We're, uh, we like them. They're moving four and a half blocks-ish uh, eighth east, east. 8th East and 4th South. Uh, that area is being redeveloped into a uh, micro-unit affordable housing. So, like two so to- this is right next to the new police station right across from the... City County. Is it the City County building? 7,400 units. No, not for this one. There's no way they can fit 200, uh, let's see, 40 plus micro apartments between 250 oh, sorry, and 500 sorry, sorry. square feet. Yeah, the 70 the shortage, they're, they're estimated there's a shortage of about 7,400 units. Yeah, sorry. of affordable dwellings, right. of, of 7,400 units. So they're hoping to um, put a whole bunch of units up there. So 40 units, 250 to 500 square feet. So this is actually part of, the reason I, I want to talk about this story, this is actually part of the bigger plan that they've got going on with the road the home change. So this, this was, is actually a potential site. Yeah, this was a potential site uh, for one of the homeless shelters, but this is the type of stuff that Salt Lake City uh, is getting is trying to do to help get people off the streets and into housing. So basically they're like... Uh, Studio. Yeah, I mean, 250, 500 square, like the room we're in is probably 300 square feet, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, so it'd be a little studio. You'd have, like, I'm assuming, a kitchen. A little kitchenette, living a bathroom, bathroom, and then a living area. And depending on the size, I think it limits, like, what kind of appliances you can put in, too, it doesn't does. it? It does. It does. But the, the thing but, I mean, here is. It doesn't matter if you're not living out on the street when it's 10 degrees outside or yeah. negative. 10. 500 bucks a month to live in one of these spaces is way better than the average, which I think they said was $1,400 a month in Salt Lake right yeah. now. So is the plan for it to be semi-permanent, kind of like, kind of like a halfway type thing? Uh, it doesn't, doesn't does really, it, get into that? it didn't really say, um, and I'm sure it will be for some and, and not for others, but it is, it is going to be considered low income housing. And so there, there are certain qualifications. You have to apply. You you have to apply. You have to qualify for it. And some of it. So let's see. Says prospective developers must also provide 3,000 square feet of business, uh, incubator and 500 square feet of associated ground level retail. And they must reserve 20% of the remaining housing for incomes at 60% or less. So the, the first little bit is 40%. And then the next little bit is 60%. Uh, also land development. Um, we talked about the giant gaping hole up in Cottonwood Mall that's been there for years now. What was Cottonwood Mall? Funny thing, I had a bus behind me earlier today, looked up in the rear view, saw their thing, said Cottonwood Mall. <laughs> the <laughs> fucking awesome. mall has not been there forever and everyone still it's talks about it. Uh, Everybody I, always says it's by Cottonwood Mall. I was there the day they tore down the last little bit of it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ivory Homes is going to develop the shit out of it. So look forward to more cookie cutter ivory homes up in the Cottonwood area. Uh, cool that it's finally not going to be a giant useless fucking hole, but uh, still. Yeah, now that Macy's is sleeping. Uh, I do want to talk. Um, so I'm actually going to skip some of this bullshit. We're going to skip that one. Um, but I, I do want to talk about one other thing, and then we'll talk about Friday the 13th. So... Uh, Salt Lake County Sheriff uh, Jim, w- Jim Winder announced uh, that Unified Police Department is going to start carrying something else as part of their gear. They're going to carry a dose of naloxone. So for those of you that don't know, naloxone uh, is an anti-narco uh, medication. They call it the Lazarus drug. It is called the Lazarus drug on the street. The reason it's called the Lazarus drug is it will immediately pull someone out of an opiate high. It will immediately allow them to start breathing if they have overdosed. 
Um, we've talked a lot about this. Utah has a huge opiate problem, not just heroin, prescription opiates. So, um, who is it? Plum. What's, what's the first name on this freaking person? Jennifer. Jennifer Plum. Um, was at the press conference when Winder made the announcement. Uh, and, and Plum said that we're lo- the reality is we're losing about 10 people a week to overdose deaths and about one person a day to opioids. One person a day so to opioids. So this could save a, a person a day. And it's, it's not hard to administer. It's a quick nasal spray. I have a buddy that's an EMT. Uh, this shit is legit. Like the way it works, and I'm going to get kind of nerdy, but the way it actually works is it attaches to, uh, the chemical receptors in your brain that, that opioids use and basically says, get the fuck off opioids and completely releases. So it's like them. a nose spray then? It just, yep. It's yep. a nasal spray. They just right up your nose. It hits the receptors in your brain that the opioids are attached to. It's clears a little them stronger out, apparently and bumps it off. And your, your body you're immediately not high and you start breathing if you weren't breathing. Like it is crazy what this thing can do. Why we haven't seen it in the hands of police officers who are typically the first people on the yeah. scene for this type of shit. Cause this is, this is the type of thing where a cop goes in, uh, there's, there's something has happened. He's there. There's a guy that's overdosed on an opioid. He has to wait for an EMT to show up which is the difference between life and death sometimes. Yeah, because if you stop breathing, you can't really live anymore. It's the difference between brain damage and not brain damage sometimes. Like, it's a big deal. And for a small amount of money for these guys to be able to carry this stuff around, it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's like having an EpiPen around, right? It's the same with the the level of addiction that we have in, in Salt Lake and Utah, period. And yeah, the that's how they should market it, the EpiPen of addiction. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I've been talking a lot since that, that needle exchange. Thing. I'm pretty jazzed about there being a needle exchange. Uh, as a non-intravenous drug user uh, <laughs> ever in my life, uh, I don't underestimate the power of a needle exchange. It's, it's super important to, to have a needle exchange up and running. So uh, this is just another step to help prevent deaths, needless deaths from that sort of bullshit. All right. So, uh, we're gonna talk to, uh, we're gonna talk to our friend Val. Um, we're not gonna talk about the 13th. We will after we talk to our friend Val. Oh, okay. So we're gonna talk to our friend Val for a little bit. Um, and, uh, talk about the wizarding days. Uh, we'll take a little break here and then, uh, we'll come back and talk about Friday the 13th. So our guest today is Valerie Cameron Walker. And her bio is so long that I'm going to have her introduce herself today (laughs) because that means whatever you talk about is the most important. Oh, that's not good. You didn't tell me that. All right. Um, I am an event director, uh, producer. So mainly what I do in my job, I also slipped and fell into a morning show um, and I teach dance sometimes. So that's kind of what I do. I don't imagine that slipping and falling hurt too much besides no. the early mornings. No, it was, I mean, I just never, I never went to go into radio. Like it was never my thing. It just happened. I, I literally slipped and fell into radio and then I slipped and fell a little bit more into a morning show. So a lot of people that want to be in radio don't like me because <laughs> I, I never had to do all the things. My, uh, my ex, uh, also named Bree. By the way, not that Brie. I'm your Brie. This, this is better Brie. But she had the, 
she had the same thing happen to her when she was when she was going to school. Uh, she was doing some voice work for uh, the guys that used to own U92 and uh, what 1094.9 before they sold it and 107 something in the end. So she was doing voice work for them and they ended up hiring her on as a DJ. Uh, and she worked there for a long time. I think I know that, Brie. So. Brie on air. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Small yep, world. I do. Oh, it's it is a small radio is incestuous, but so is the nerd community. Yeah, and then Tyson Webb. Tyson Webb is the reason I have a job at Cumulus right now because he's a very good friend of mine. I worked with him at Radio Disney, Mm -hmm. which was my first real radio job that was really only ten percent radio. Uh huh. Uh, And then he left there to go to Cumulus to be on the end before it died. And then uh, Radio Disney went away locally. And he told his manager, who is a good friend of mine now, Dane, he said, hey, you need to grab her. She's a promotions director. We need her over here. So he called me, and then I got hired. And then about a month after I got hired, Tyson got fired. So it was really kind of crazy, but Tyson's amazing. Tyson's awesome. That's uh, that's radio. Uh, One day it's there and one day it's not. So that, I mean, certainly something you're doing now, it's your... I'd say day job, but really it yeah, ends it's my morning job. Starts. It's my early morning job. <laughs> Very early morning job. <laughs> and this is, you know, our listeners know we record on on Tuesday nights, so it's a it's getting a bit late. It's yes, I've been up for it. Is six thirty is usually when I head up to bed, and I usually try and fall asleep by seven thirty. And well, we're just really yeah. glad you're here. Well, thanks. I get a little silly when I'm tired. Awesome. So. This is the show for <laughs> you. Sweet. Then. Right. I get that a lot. <laughs> we had a chef fly in. And come to our show, and he was barely conscious by the time he left. So that's gonna be good. <laughs> nice. So uh, the radio thing—is um, that something you're you're looking to do in permanence into perpetuity, or if you you know if your station got sold off and you lost your job in a month, not to jinx you or hex you, but you know, <laughs> would, would you try to stay in radio, or would you just say I'm done with that and do this other stuff? You know, I. I don't know how to answer that question because I kind of go with the flow. Every job I've ever had, well, at least every job I've had for the last 12 years, I wasn't looking for. Uh, but I'm very happy that it found me and that I had the job. And so I do own three other companies. So if I was fired tomorrow, it would be a little bit like antsy for a minute because this is like this is really funny to say out loud for people that know radio but this is like my um everyday check so it's radio is my stable job <laughs> so which isn't usually radio is not usually stable but it's like my stable check right now and i have three other things so i am one of those people and my husband probably hates it i'm not really worried about having a job or not having a job i think that I have always picked things that I wanted to do. So if the radio station blew up tomorrow and I had to go find something, if something came to me and said, hey, we want you to do this other radio thing and I wanted to do it, I would do it. And if I never did radio again, I would be perfectly happy with what I had done and then I'll move forward. So... So, talking about what you have done, I want to talk about slings and arrows. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That is one of my all-time favorite shows, and you were on it, right? Well, slings and arrows was a long time ago, so you were looking up at my IMDb page. Is that where you saw that at? 
I did, but I was a faithful watcher of that show. Okay, because I only ever did, when I was shooting some stuff for that, I didn't even know what I was on. So I was doing so many independent and like student film things at the time. If you look at my other IMDb credits, um, these one directors thinks it's, thinks it's really funny because I, they kept on calling me hot lesbian number, number two. two. So yeah. I'm typecast now as hot lesbian number two. At the time, they would just call me and be like, hey, we have to shoot something today. Do you want to come by and do it? I'd get there and I'd, they're like, what do you want me to do? And then they'd tell me and then I'd do it and then I'd go home. I didn't even know like what the project was. Um, but the slings and arrows, I don't even, I guess I got paid for it. And I guess I was on it, and I don't even know. Did you ever Which watch number the show? three? No, I've never even seen the show, and everybody brings it up, and it's so disappointing. You should watch it. I don't even know. Like I've I've never even heard of it. It doesn't so. sound. It came out of Canada. Time it's a, to watch it. It came out of Canada. I, oh, I have time. Oh, I love Canada. <laughs> it came out of Canada, so it's a Canadian show. If it's, if it's from Canada, it's got to be good. Canadian. But but it was on TV here, and um, we used to have slings and arrow nights the weeks when it would come out see now i have to watch it because i feel so bad my friends well except for these guys we we would get together and we'd like dress up as our favorite characters and we'd watch the show it's so funny now you want me to leave because i don't even know right (laughs) i'm done with you so who was your favorite character jeremy so there's a couple lesbian number two (laughs) she was witch number three (laughs) i was witch number witch number three so i think i was cut it was incidentally also a hot lesbian i think i'm not sure so the main guy, he, he's a washed up has been, uh, and they hire him because the previous director of the theater, like, dies or something really weird in the very first episode. So they bring this guy, in, and on one hand, he's a total has been hack, but during brief moments, he's actually very brilliant. And so he brings this theater back to life, and that's kind of the premise of it. But it, it's, it's a very funny show. I love it. Anyway. Yeah, this is the thing. I shouldn't be an actress. And I just like, <laughs> I got into film. I started modeling when I was young and they thought I was going to be thin and tall forever. And then I stopped growing. And I really realized when I was doing that, that I liked being behind the scenes because I like creating. I like telling people what to do. And I don't want to be duct taped in certain places. That's what happens when you're a model or an actress. You get duct taped in certain places. And Then I went to film school and I really realized I wanted to be behind the scenes. But when you come back to Utah or when you're doing film school at USC, which is where I went, you kind of get on everything that's in front of you um, that isn't illegal. You know, like you're offered a lot of things, but I did. I mean, I was 17 when I went to film school. So, I mean, I had to be super careful. But so I was on things and in things and around things. And a lot of the things I don't even know what they are, but it's more, it's less about what you're doing and more about who you're meeting and who you're with and what you're learning. And so I knew I didn't want to be an actress, but that didn't mean I wasn't an extra on everything I could be an extra on because then I started building sets for Touch by an Angel because I was an extra. Extra and I got to know the crew and they're like these big burly guys. And I like, I would rather be hitting nails over there and carrying that stuff. I don't want to be standing here in makeup and spanks. Like I would rather be doing that. And so I switched over, but sometimes, you know, I'm not saying it's horrible being an actress. I, a lot of people are really good at it. I'm not, and I shouldn't be one, but that's what got me to where I wanted to be. That makes sense. So I'm sorry. I don't remember the arrows. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the the desire to be behind the scenes is that what has has kind of driven your? I mean, when when you introduced yourself, you introduced yourself as a uh, an event coordinator. An event coordinator. Mm-hmm. 
And that's not your that's not your nine to five job or your six to ten job or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so is that is that why you call yourself an event coordinator? I is, think it's because that's what I've done the most. That's what I've gotten a paycheck for the most in the past ten years. Is I have been an event coordinator, manager, producer, whatever. But uh, coordinating an event and uh, making a movie are pretty similar. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, you know, it's it's a lot of behind the scenes. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. It's a lot of this budget needs to, <laughs> you need to stay under budget. A lot of people, a lot of babysitting, um, a lot of marketing. It's it's a lot of the same things. But when you're done with the movie, you can actually watch it again. When you're done with the event, you kind of walk away and cry a little bit. <laughs> but yeah. So what are some of the events that you've, you've helped produce and, and put out there? Um, well, at Radio Disney, I did about 350 events a year and everything was a big production. It wasn't like right now, like going to a car dealership, uh, with Disney. When I started there, I started out as a choreographer. Um, and so I did all the choreography because high school musical was big at the time. So Radio Disney had these big groups of dancers and singers that would go out and do remotes and stuff. And so I did a lot of that stuff, and that's like concerts and fairs and games and movie premieres and, you know, red carpet events and that kind of stuff. And then uh, when I stopped doing that, I went to Cumulus, and I was the promotions director for The Bee and the Bull, which is funny because I'm on The Bee now. <laughs> um, and it went from, and I'm not saying it's, it's just a different kind of story. It's more about the radio than it is about the promotion. And then FantasyCon found me. And I was at a meeting. I went with one of the salespeople from Cumulus and they said, Val, you're a nerd. You, you, I worked with Comic Con the first year. Mm -hmm. I was on the first year. I was one of the first five, um, when we started meeting at Channel Four and it was me and Dan and Brian and Roxy and Tony Toscano. And, and I know I miss Roxy so much. I worked with Hurt Radio Disney as well. Um, and Roxy was. I've never been able to say Roxy's last name, but I love her so much. Um, so I was at the first Comic Con, and I mean, it was a crapshoot, <laughs> like behind the scenes, the technical <laughs> oh, yeah. part of it. No, no, it was clear it was a crapshoot. Even yes, like I was trying going. to be nice, but well, I mean, been to all the it, events. So. None <laughs> of us had done. None of us. I mean, including Dan Bright. None of us had done an event that big, and none of us knew how many people were going to want to be at this yeah, event. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the big thing. It's like I don't think anyone perceived how big that event actually ended up being. Well, in that weekend, it was the third week I had been working at Cumulus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I had that and I had my own team of volunteers that I brought in myself and then I also on Saturday, that Saturday, I had to run an event in Ogden. So I had a team at Comic-Con. I had a team in, Og team in Ogden with me and I got a phone call from one of my teams at Comic-Con saying the fire department's here. We've ran out of tickets. Stanley is here the and they will, and there's a riot. And so I'm trying to walk them through like the situation of what's happening plus run the really boring event that I was at in Ogden <laughs> compared to what was happening over there. So sorry, that was really long. So I did the first year of Salt Lake Comic-Con. Uh, then I went and I was the event coordinator for FantasyCon, which was a whole different story by this point. Such a great event. Um, it was, it's probably the number one event that I've ever done in my life. Uh, I think the, the crew was amazing. The budget was amazing. The end result was fantastic. And, uh, it really makes me sad that they haven't done it again. Yeah. Um, since then I'm, I've helped out with Salt Lake Gaming Con. I've helped out with, um, Steam Fest. I've helped out with, um, I've done 5k runs. I've, I, last year I 
was the festival director for Pride. Um, so uh, I've done. I heard that was an amazing experience. She's done a couple you. things. <laughs> Did you help with Halloween Expo? Was that when you um, I with? was at Halloween Expo for Wizarding Days. So now. So the biggest thing that I ha- have said no to through the last five years of all of these events is every single one of these people has said, you know, you should come in and you should be a partial owner of this event. And I've said, no, no, no. I run events. I don't own events. Yeah, I, don't wanna- I run events. I don't own events. And now I own an event. Um, and the one reason is, is because uh, there isn't one like it. And Carrie, who came to me, she's my partner, had been work. She's been a librarian for ever and she's we ran events at the library like the teen yule ball and everything like that and i said can it be charity oriented can it be small and can we keep it small and she said yes i said okay then i'm in i don't know if i'm regretting that yet or not because we're six weeks away and <laughs> uh, so we're there but um but i mean it we'll doesn't see. feel so small anymore <laughs> <laughs> i mean they're never so small but when people keep when people tell me so how many people are you think you're going to have there and i'm like well we want to max it out at five thousand but i don't think we'll get five thousand the first year and they're like but you'll get better you'll get bigger next year and you'll take over the whole thing right i don't want to take over the whole thing i want one one room that we're in you know one one vendor hall i don't i don't think that everything needs to be salt lake comic-con salt lake comic-con is really good at what they do and i don't need to recreate that right. i don't need to recreate gaming con i don't re- need to recreate salt con salt con is a great oh, event salt Con's awesome, um yeah. but if somebody else tried to be SaltCon, yeah, that it wouldn't work out. So yeah, exactly. I don't think that we all need to be that way. And I, I think sometimes a small, intimate event that is very specific in what it's doing, uh, is is kind of romantic. Well, and I think that's and why that's, I, that's what I'm in for. I don't think that's why I like SaltCon so much because SaltCon is that it's mm-hmm. you know 500 people would be insane, and it's for very Salt specific. Con. So you have yeah. a very specific vendors, you have very specific uh, customers, and you know what you're doing. You don't have to be everything to everyone. Even Anime Bonsai, they've been given the opportunity to grow, and they keep saying, "Now we're happy here." Yeah, in although I think they've outgrown their location. Reg- True. Regardless. Because <laughs> I think, and that's yeah. great that something like Anime Bonsai can outgrow a location in Ogden, um, you know, is, is great. I, Utah, you know, there were a lot of nerdy events in Utah before, uh, Salt Lake Comic Con, but Salt Lake Comic Con kind of awoke that sleeping nerd. And, um, that's one reason that we don't call our event a con because you haven't I have an expectation when you put con in in a label I'm expect there's certain things that I expect for my money and I don't want to run a con and I don't want to run a festival and I don't want to run an expo I want an event that has all my favorite things from so, each of those so what exactly is the name what, what do you exactly call it then so wizarding days wizarding days is uh, a two-day event um, about wizards and fantasy and uh, reading and literacy and charity and community and um, science so so and is that is it based around the the Harry Potter world this year it is very Harry Potter centric um, Carrie our co-creator she came to me and said Val you need to help me bring um, I always say it wrong I always call it cauldron con there's like some big Harry Potter convention it's like cauldron something I don't know Um and I said, no, we don't need to bring an outside convention to Utah. We we have one that works well. Yeah. And this is the thing. I've worked for outside conventions. They come in, you work for them, they earn all the money, and then they leave and you're here. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, so let's do something different. And she loves Harry Potter. And I'm totally a Tolkien Star Wars nerd. So we have both of those worlds 
all three of those worlds together. Um, but it is very Harry Potter centric because of the Harry Potter fandom in Utah. Fandom in Utah is big, the but biggest. then this year is also and last year also very Harry Potter centric in our world. All the books yeah. and you know the movies and everything like that. So, but we do have Tolkien and we have uh, uh, Star Wars because Jedi's are wizards, and I'll argue with you all day long if you tell me that they're not wizards. But one hundred percent agree. <laughs> I think they're more like clerics if you're yes, talking true yes. fantasy stuff. Yeah, but. yeah. Uh, but I didn't want—I didn't know how nerdy I could get in here. So, you look around my. Have you looked around my office? I don't know. Yet? I should show you a picture of my <laughs> office. You can see behind. <laughs> behind you, I've got Star Wars art. Very my, nice. Oh, I love your so. Transformers. So, um, so yeah. It, but it's also about. You know, we love all of these characters because somebody wrote about them. Someone created them. So we're going to talk about the books and we're going to get really deep inside the stories and the storytelling and the art. And you can meet authors and you can, you know, see and buy new books. But we have, um, you know, we're going to get into Tolkien and how most of his writings is about the Great War and how the war and his books go together and the history of that. So it's not just kind of this skip across the top of the water of the fandom, this event is all about the fandom, so we're diving headfirst into the deep end. So, in the, I, I got a question for you, and then we'll get back to a, a question about the event itself. Um, Tolkien, you're a fan of Tolkien. Yes. How did you get through all those books? <laughs> I start. I've read them, <laughs> but man, they're they're they're. I think they're worse than the. Um, Nah, skip them in mind. What's the HBO series, the books? Oh, uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones yeah. books. See, I haven't yeah. read any of the Game of Thrones books. I think the reason why I can get through them is that I started reading them at a really young age. When I was in elementary school, I started reading them in fourth grade. Wow. And I kept reading them, and I didn't... I, I, I think it was bad because every time we went back to the library and we picked out a book, I picked out the Hobbit like every time. Um, and so I read it from fourth and fifth and it sixth is the grade of the series. I think, um, it's so. the only one I could get through. <laughs> the only and books I have never finished is the tower series. I yeah. can read the Hobbit, but I can't read the other. Ones. Yeah. So the Lord of the Rings and everything came later. Um, but the Hobbit is where I really, really love. And I know a lot of people hate the Hobbit movies. I don't hate them. Um, because I'm a filmmaker. Um, I can see the difference between the two and what needs to be on screen and what needs to stay in a book. Um, and I have, I, I run a wizarding event based on Harry Potter and I have never read a Harry Potter book. I have read the first four pages of the first book and I started reading it to my daughter and she said, do we have to keep reading this? And I said, no. Um, and I, but I love all the movies. I love all the movies. So I'm a movie kid. Carrie, the other owner, she's a book kid. And together we kind of cover all the bases. So, so, you know, we can, ex obviously we can expect some deep dives into some of this. So with the, the Wizarding Days, uh, event, are you doing panel discussions? Are you doing more interactive type stuff? What, what exactly can people So expect? I'm not calling anything a panel there. To me, a panel, um, is something that I host at Comic Con or FanX or a big convention where you have a bunch of people behind a table and they're kind of talking at the audience and a answering questions every once in a while, which is great. There's, that's the place for that here because we want to be more literary and more educational um, we're having discussions and workshops so one awesome. of our discussion rooms does have a stage so that we can show things behind the stage and they can be on the stage and everybody's facing it with microphones but there's no table 
Um, it's chairs. It's more of an interview and they can get up and down. And then the other room is actually in the round. So all of the, uh, people that are doing the discussion can actually get up, walk around, pull people to the middle, have a discussion. And where I saw this was really great, um, was at FantasyCon when I was trying to keep a bunch of, uh, dwarves on a stage that wouldn't stay on a stage. <laughs> and I was backstage having a heart attack thinking that somebody's going to die. Um, but, well, we, how many were there? Seven oh, out of the seven. 12, and it was yeah. like puppies <laughs> trying stammer. to keep them. At, they did not <laughs> want to stay it. in the it's green like room. They didn't want to stay on stage. They wanted to be out with everyone. They were amazing. And that's what we love. I come from the world of Disney where I worked for 10 years where everything needed to be in your face and interactive. If you did not make someone laugh, smile, cry, clap, dance while you were there, they are not experiencing it. And so I really want to bring that sense of interactivity to this. And so if you're having a discussion about a book that you've either loved or hated your whole life, I want you to be able to feel like you're adding to the discussion and you're not just listening to someone talk about what they think. That's the thing that I'll, I love Comic-Con. I'm a huge fan, and I always like to go and sit in on panels. That's what makes the con for me. But that's the one thing that, for me, I've I've always struggled with is I want to interact. Like, I want to have a discussion with those panelists, mm-hmm. and that's just not what happens. So. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to try it out. It's our first year. We're telling everyone their discussions and workshops. Uh, you know, some of the workshops, like the... Um, Taking care of the magical creatures um, with Carrie Dredge um, is going to be hands-on. So that discussion, he's actually going to teach about it, but you can get up and actually, you know, hold all of the things. And if you haven't held his creatures before and that's not code for anything, they're amazing. I've heard they're pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> oh, I wish my daughter was in town because she's a huge Harry Potter fan. She loves Tolkien. She loves all of the movies and the books. She's read all of the movies and the books. We have and we got Narnia her Star Wars. stuff. We have Star Wars stuff. We got her into Star Wars recently. She thought it was nice. stupid. Chris made her watch it and now she's totally... Like she's read Harry Potter so much, she's ruined the books. Like <laughs> she's awesome. she's stuck them in so many bags and dropped them in so many places that like they're just they're trash. And that's who we're looking for. That's who we want to bring here because you know we feel like there isn't really an event for the book lover to come and then get nerded out with other book lovers and then really talk about the things that you've written in the lines on the, you know, all the notes that you've gotten angry at or that you've loved so much. You can now come and do that. And at the same time, you can make potions and you can make wands and, you know, you can, um, we have a whole workshop where you can go in and learn how to do leather work and we take it away this. with you. Um, so, and then we have magicians and, and, you know, we have a dueling group that's going to come in and do a comedy that's show so awesome. and, you know, so, so where's it going to be? It's going to be at the Southtown Expo Center. And what are the dates? February 24th and 25th. So which hall is it in? It's in hall two. Uh, so in the middle. Yep, right in the middle. And then we have the four panel rooms right next to it, which we've turned into classrooms the ones and discussion to the, rooms. Like the north of it? Mm-hmm. You don't have yeah. a gun show going on that <laughs> weekend, do you? We- <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's one every weekend. Okay, so, we want to make sure you're safe. So- at, at our event, there is a golfing thing during that time, but there's also Safe Kids Fair. And okay. Safe Kids oh, okay, Fair good. is free. And we're um, almost free for kids. So, so we're hoping Ooh. that... No guns, yeah. though. That's But, good. you know, there will be maybe some shooters or some swords or lightsabers. Light no, uh, we okay. will have cosplayers there. Just not um, a gun show. No. The gun show are just dangerous. We just don't want someone just... to get shot accidentally when a dealer hands a loaded weapon no. to an idiot. 
Yeah. No, no gun shows there. Oh, good. See? Yeah, so no you're safe, show. people. Go, go to the Southtown Expo Center. Southtown Expo Center, no gun show. So, I mean, what, are you expecting a, a fairly sizable crowd? I mean, Utah is notoriously geeky, and Harry Potter isn't. I mean, we we have topped the nation in some of the numbers for, for movies recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for, for some of those, so. Yeah. My buddies over at Jordan Commons are usually always number one yep. for any big movie. Um, you know, Jeff really knows how to pack them in over there. And uh, we, I've done a lot of work with them. And, you know, I don't want to jinx it. It's really... Utah is very notorious for all the nerdy things, but Utah is also notorious for not liking change and not liking new things until and somebody else likes cheap. it. The first and year, well, I wasn't going to say that, but the, say <laughs> the first year, the first year of, of Salt Lake Comic Con, I literally had to plead with the radio stations and plead with other people to get on board. And now they have to beg to be a part of it mm-hmm. um, because it's just the way that it is. So we're hoping we've had really good response with people. Our ticket sales are a little bit down, but Utah is also notorious for not making up a decision until they're in the car and on their way there. Well, now that you're on this show, those sales are going to go up. I am so excited. We're going to give away some tickets on your show and hopefully (gasps) on your Facebook page. Awesome. Um, But our ticket prices are really, I think reasonable as well. They just went up because the early bird special is over, but kids five and under are free. That's so awesome. if you have little ones, bring them. Um, kids six to 12 are still only $5. We didn't up that price and there's a lot for them to do there. So it's a really good deal. And then, um, adults. So that's 13 and up for one day is 15 bucks for two days. It's 30 bucks. Well, you get cheap. in early. It's, it's a w- wizarding weekend passes the best because you get a collectible, um, house wristband so it's like the rubber kind of plastic wristband you get to pick which house you're going to be in um and then you go in and you get in an an hour early on saturday you get a few other like perks for that and then there's the muggle weekend pass which is a family of six it's called the muggle bundle and for a family (laughs) of up to six you can get into for 65 dollars for both days that's, that's assuming that some of those kids are going to be small, but if all of your family that lives in your house with you are all 26 year olds, we're not. We live in Utah. It's, yeah, I mean, it's the possible. age of the millennial. So. Yeah, so we're all millennials here. <laughs> I'm on the cusp, but I am one. So I'm one of one of Bree's friends is like not a millennial, forty something, and lives at home. So it happens. Yeah. It so happens. I mean, we're trying to make it affordable because I have done so many events and I've gone to so many events that when you have a high price, you're assuming that everyone that pays that high price has the same value in what they're getting, and I know that that's not true. So we're letting you decide what you want to spend your money on. So if your kid gets in for five bucks, but you know that you're going to spend 20 bucks on them, instead of spending 25 bucks to get them in, you're going to spend five bucks and then you're going to let them go make a wand. And then you're going to let them go. There's a lot of stuff to do for free, but then there's a lot of stuff that you can go and learn how to do. Like you can make, uh, what did we, were we looking at? Sorry, I have a friend here before. That before we were here, we actually had all the components for our infrared wands. Oh. But you actually get to put an infrared wand together. So the STEM part of it and the learning part of it, the science part of what we're doing is you get all the components and you actually get to put it together and then you get to build it, make it work, and then go around the venue and see it That's all awesome because I have a wand from Wizarding World in no. Harry Potter. Harry, Harry Potter, whatever it yeah. is. Universal. We've we've got wands from, from Universal mm-hmm. that we got this last summer. I would love to make my own wand. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I'm not even a huge Harry Potter. And geek. they range depending on how fancy you want to get with it between ten and twenty dollars. Oh, that's not bad. To at all. make an infrared wand that you can so take with you. So even if Jeremy takes his four kids and they all make a wand, it's only forty bucks. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. He'll make them pay for it himself. Themselves. And what's really so. cool <laughs> is starting next week we will have all of our crafts up on the website, so you can prepay for all of your crafts. Oh, cool. Your kids can get the QR codes and just go and do what they need to do. Um, and once we sell out, we sell out. We will sell a certain percentage in advance, and then we will have some walk-up sales. But we only have 500 infrared wands, so once they're gone, they're uh-huh. gone. But we do have other wands that are like the ones that you make with the glue and the paint for the younger kids. And then we have some crafts that are free. Um, and then there's just a bunch. We have games that we're going to be doing. Everyone gets a map when they come in, and the map will take you to different places. That's so uh, awesome. Around, and then you go turn in the map for prizes. I just so. think every event should have a map. <laughs> I agree. I've tried to have one at every. So I really be, do. I really like vendors the map. No, this is not really a vendor. Kind yes, of, or? we. Yes, no. The vendors are all involved. We've been very picky about our vendors, which might kick us in the kind of money pants later. Um, but we've turned down probably twenty five or so vendors because they're just not right for the well, event. There's they're nothing all like MLM. going to Comic Con and seeing the Pella Window guy because it's like. <laughs> What? Well, and, and that's, that but there are our our nerds that love that. Hey, you have to pay for a venue, and that's a huge venue to have to pay for. Um, we're just gonna we're trying something a little bit different, and we've had a couple people angry at us because we wouldn't take them in as venues, or that we've locked out a category. So, like the wand category, we have three people that are coming specifically to sell wands. That means we're not taking any more wand sellers. We had a guy today contact me and said, "I sell wands and swords and all these other things." I said, "Great, sell everything but the wands because we're already maxed." We want our vendors to succeed, but we also don't want you walking from booth to booth the seeing the you same want, thing. Over you don't want and over. twelve Funko Pop. Like Plus Funko up. being there, <laughs> not to not to bag on any other convention. That was one of the things that we we because we were at the Halloween Expo the whole weekend we broadcasting from there. From there. Nice. We kept missing you. <laughs> I had a good time at the Halloween fun. Expo, and it was I fun. I got to tell you, a lot of people knew about Wizarding Days. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, at Halloween did. Expo. We were uh, giving away free tickets. I hope they knew. <laughs> <laughs> and that's well, and that's one of the things that that when we were. Um, at the Halloween Expo that we really liked. It was, was a bit smaller. Um, it wasn't, you know, a huge convention and vendors, the vendors seemed to be, I don't unique. know. The, yeah, unique. Mm-hmm. I, I, it wasn't. Once you saw it every single convention. Yeah, and it wasn't, it wasn't the handmade art that <laughs> is the same in 15 booths that I've been by in the same hall. Like, it really was handmade stuff, the, like the guy with like the, the fire, yes, the fire, fire pit. Pit. <laughs> Those were so cool. Really cool. So yeah. I, I really appreciate the, the, you know, attention to detail yeah. and thoughtfulness when it comes yeah. to vendors. So. so we're hoping, we're hoping that we'll have enough that people will be excited about. Of course, vendors are a little finicky because there are so many events here and, you know, some of them can be expensive in the first year. It's hard to make your money back. Some people think, but we've been really good with the prices for our vendors as well. Um, but we feel like between the vendors and the programming and just the overall, um, excitement to be with other nerds of the same, you know, <laughs> level that it'll be for the price. It will be a really good event. And, um, the great thing is everything that we make, a percentage of that goes to charity. Uh, and that was one of our biggest things. So we threw it out to, 
to Utah and we said, please nominate charities. And we gave everyone a couple of months to nominate charities. And we had about 30 charities. We sat down in a committee with a bunch of people, some that are involved in Wizarding Days and some who aren't. And we went through the charities and we picked them. And I know you're going to ask me what all the names are and I'll have to look it up. But they're all three very different uh, charities. There's a homeless shelter in Ogden for teens um, that takes care of just teens in that situation. It's a smaller homeless shelter. Um, there is a veteran charity that uh, takes a dog that needs a home and a oh, veteran yeah. that needs uh, a dog and they yeah, put I've, them together. I've, what is that one called? I, Everyone always looks at me. I know. I can, I can look it up. I can no, totally okay. look it up. Oh, I've, I've, um, and I should know, but I'm so okay. tired right we'll, now. We'll put it in the show. Um, I've heard of that one. Yeah, and I'll give you guys all the links. And then there is the Youth Justice Center, That's which um, mm-hmm. I, I really think I that the books of Harry Potter, you have Harry and um, he doesn't really have a home and he needs a community to kind of take care of him and take him under his wing. And almost all of our charities have something to do with that, um, awesome. even though they're all very, very different. Uh, and then we have the parent, I think it's called the Parent Center, uh, which takes care of kids with special needs, especially autism. Uh, and we will have autism uh, areas at our event so that you can go and have quiet time if the event is too much for you. And then there's also some sensory areas. Uh, Carrie's son is autistic and we actually met doing an autism event. That was the first time we, we met and actually did events together. So uh, autism is really near and dear to our heart. Um, the other thing that we're doing that I love, that's my most favorite thing, is we're doing a book exchange. Oh, so you oh, have awesome. all of these books cool. and comic <laughs> books at your house and you've read them and maybe some of them you've read so much you don't want to read again or some of them you didn't couldn't even finish because you didn't like them but maybe somebody else will you can come and exchange those books and comic books we will have areas of all ages we already have about eight pallets full of books to exchange both new and used and then what we had done in the past in this event carrie and i when it wasn't for wizarding days but with each other we ended up being able to donate 800 books to the head start program and to adult uh, learning centers in utah uh, because literacy is really important to us so that's amazing yeah that's so cool. This to, sounds to see really charity. Fun. and different. Thanks. So, I'm excited. I yeah. feel like there will be enough that is the same there that you like and you feel comfortable. And then there will be enough that's different that you'll say this is amazing and we're glad we did it. Yeah. I mean, it does. It sounds, it just sounds unique and fun to be at, to be interactive like that because you don't get that at any of the other. Not on that level. Events. I think they're growing. I definitely think that all the other events are, are growing in their um, interactiveness, um, interactivity. That's the word. Uh, and I do think that a lot of them took that from FantasyCon because we did such a good job at it. And that was the goal of FantasyCon was to run an event so good that other people would rethink how they run their events. And we feel like a lot of local events have changed because, because of it. So That's that's good. That's, that's really good. So... Um Anything? I mean, we spent a lot of time on Wizarding Days. Are there any other events that you're involved in coming up? You did say you have like 15 jobs, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, well. <laughs> Sorry, my brain just went, yes, no, holy crap. Her, her friend is over here shaking his head vigorously. He kind of looks like a Funko Pop with his little uh, bobblehead. So behind me that you guys don't hear is Dennis, and he is the owner, co-owner and creator of uh, You Geek Magazine, which is a really cool magazine and uh, really great for the geek fandom. <laughs> he's shaking his head no this time. I'll be the narrator because you're, he's going to be. It's, am I wrong? Are you not the co-owner, co-creator? Okay. Uh, but I, 
Our nerdy community is so great because people like Dennis and Adrian who own YouGeek and people that run all these little events and you guys with um, your podcast is we kind of all get together and we all help each other and promote each other. And um, I think that's what's so great about Utah that isn't like other places that you can do all these events so it's really great um i do have sundance coming up to answer your question uh every year at sundance i help produce an event for a lady that comes in from uh california she's this is her 10 year doing it 10th year doing it at sundance and uh it is a celebrity gifting lounge. So if you've never been in one of those, it's a crazy different world. Um, and I basically have to take a restaurant, uh, and take everything out of it and make it a lounge in four hours. And then at the end of the weekend, I have to turn it all back into a pumpkin in four hours. And in the middle, it's a whole bunch of people patting each other on the back and getting, getting gifts and, <laughs> and, and it's, uh, media and it's great. There's a, it's totally fantastic. And this, her lounge is great. And the reason why I do it is because it's all eco-friendly. So everything that they give out and everything that they promote is good for the uh, ecosystem. Uh, and then, uh, it all benefits Shriners Hospital. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. So, and I hear that, did I read it right? And the first thing that you sent me, Jess, you did a flash mob. You assembled a flash mob oh my in goodness. Sundance years and years ago. <laughs> so that wasn't smile for this one. She's so, so this excited. wasn't totally my fault. I've done about twelve flash mobs in my flash mob career. If you can, so I actually can <laughs> you say I had a flash mob. LinkedIn profile. I have a flash mob career. I think um, if you've organized twelve, you can call it a career. Um, so the first flash mob that I ever did, I was hired uh, by Robinette, who has passed away of breast cancer. She was a great lady, and she went to Sundance every year, and she thought something needs to be different here. Something needs to happen that's interactive that even the locals can be a part of, because Sundance really isn't for the locals. Right. And she found me, because I was a choreographer, and she said, hey, I, I've heard your name. Can you come, and can you pull this together? And they got me in a dance studio, and I met a 100 people that I'd never met before, and I didn't, some of them had great dance ability and some of them had abs- absolutely no dance ability. <laughs> um, and I brought some of my dancers with me, um, from my company. And we put this flash mob together and we went up to Sundance and it was like for the first hour before we were supposed to start, it was a full on blizzard. And it hadn't been a blizzard up there in years. So the streets are all just covered in snow. I have snow up to my knees, just soaked. And then right when it's supposed to start, the snow stops, the sun comes out, and we're able to do this. And I have to say that as I'm dancing and I'm looking at literally a wall of cameras, because there's people just on every side of us and everybody has their phones out and all of the media up there has their big cameras. And it was like the most incredible, like surreal goosebumpy moment that I've had as a dancer because I can't move forward even though I have to because of the choreography I can't because there's just a wall um, and this was right when flash mobs were kind of the thing mm-hmm. they're not really the thing anymore no. um, and so it was really cool that mannequin I challenge now I want to make a sleeping challenge can we do that can everybody just sleep well, I, I, could. I think <laughs> yes. the plank challenge was similar yeah to that, right? plank challenge yeah so it was really cool. And I got to do a few other really cool flash mobs after that. I got around 800 people together at um, the Taylorsville days a couple of years ago to raise awareness for childhood obesity with a really cool group with a friend named Carmen. And she does um, 
what is the like really crazy exercise dancing? I can't think of Zumba. Zumba. <laughs> and I am a dancer. I can't do Zumba. <laughs> it's, I am not coordinated I enough to do Zumba. You're, because you're a dancer. Is <laughs> you can't do and it's so much fun, but we had about 800 people out there doing that. And my daughter got to be involved in that one. And that was really, really cool too. Cause I'm from Taylorsville. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. I have one more question for okay. you. And I think we'll wrap this up. Uh, we ask every guest this. Um, you live in Utah. You've lived in Utah for a long time. Yes. Pretty much your whole life, mm-hmm. other than college probably. Right? I'm from Colorado, but yes, I've lived here okay. almost my whole life. Okay. So uh, what's one thing that you would tell people visiting Utah that they had to do before leaving the state? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I mean, I think our outdoor activities are amazing so if it was during the winter i would tell them definitely to get up to the mountains and do something like that if it was during the summer i would tell them to go up to brighton and walk um you know around mirror lake because it's absolutely incredible well thanks appreciate the time it's been a very fun conversation and uh thank you it's it's kind of obvious but where can people reach you how can how can they get a hold of you to see your upcoming events uh if you want so i have a bunch of websites we didn't even talk about marvelnewsonline.com which i run um so if you want you can find me there i'm also producing a film called trails end it's a western uh or you can just go facebook valerie cameron walker all of my info's on there nothing's a secret my phone number's there my email's there uh, my blood type's probably there. <laughs> Social security, firstborn, <laughs> everything. Yep, it's all there. So Valerie Cameron Walker on Facebook. Uh, and of course in the mornings, you can listen to Oh yeah, B98.7, Val and Mike in the morning. I'm much more appropriate in the morning, even though I was pretty appropriate tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I think we were out of here. I, didn't, I only said never, poop one time. Obviously never listened to the show. <laughs> That's said okay. poop now. <laughs> <laughs> Way to poop it up. <laughs> uh, and of course, Wizarding Days is February 24th, 24th and 25th, 25th at the Southtown Expo center wizardingdays.com you can go get your tickets and please do uh definitely worth the, the price i can't think of many other things you can do for that that cost over a weekend so it's about the same cost of getting into the zoo and i love the zoo yeah and it's uh too cold in the end of february to go to the zoo it so is. go to wizarding days <laughs> thank you <laughs> all right thanks again to to val uh it was a great uh, conversation um but now we're going to talk about uh Friday the 13th, because that's this week. Um, it happens a few times a year. Dun, dun, dun. Jason's favorite holiday. God, great movie. Great movie series. Frigatrixodexophobia. Is that the fear of it? Or it's the, the fear of Specifically the fear of Friday the 13th, not just the trixodexophobia, which is the fear of the number 13. So I, Whoa, it's the whole package. Did you, Frigga. Frigga. Did, you, did you say two different words there? Because they sound damn near the same to me. Frigga, trixodexophobia, and triskodexophobia. Did, did you know I'm that sure. to this day, most elevators and most buildings do not have a 13th floor? Yes, yes. I look every time. I always do, too, to see if there is one. But they freaking do, people. Come on. Let's be real. Nope. They don't. Just because they made it really short so that nobody could actually get out onto the damn floor doesn't mean it doesn't exist. What movie was it where the 13th floor was like a half floor and it was just a bunch of midgets that worked in the office? I can't remember. I don't know, but they do make make the floor. No, legit, there was a movie and it was like there was 13th floor, but it was like a half floor and you had to like crawl out of the elevator. (laughs) There were a bunch of, it was nothing but little people working in the office. (laughs) Can't believe you said midgets. Um, But I mean... Let's be I'm real, people. Person. If the f- if it's more than twelve stories, 
If it goes up to a 14. Not if it doesn't say 13. There is a 13th floor. If it and if they didn't lie. make that faux 13th floor and you're on the 14th floor, you're really on the 13th floor. People. Elevators can't lie. So if you. And in hospitals, they say that they don't have a 13, room number 13. I'm sorry, but after 12, if you go to the next room and it says 14, nope. you're really in room most, 13. Most hotels, it goes 12, 14 on one side, and there's just no 13 on the other I side. I know, but that's not real. Sure it is, because there's a, there's a there's, 9, there's an 11, there's a 15. They just thirteen. 13's the weight room. 13's the weight room. <laughs> well, then, dude, you better not go in there because it's the 13th so, room. Uh, just... Interesting enough, uh, Friday the 13th is always happens at least once a year. Usually twice. And it can be up to three times a year uh, that you have a Friday the 13th. That's in a Gregorian calendar, obviously. Um, I don't really know much about it. Uh, you're kind of more of an expert than me, Bree. You read most of this shit. I'm not an expert. I just thought it would be interesting to talk about. But it's actually a fairly new fear. Like, this isn't something that's, like, back to the, you know, the the crazy days of believing in, in well the friday the 13th isn't stuff. but like even babylon's uh the the code of Hammurabi didn't have a 13 yeah but that's the number 13 friday the 13th yeah. right. didn't come about till the and, 19th and we're, century. we're talking about friday the 13th because people are saying that friday itself is an unlucky thing then they combined it then people realized oh my god 13's unlucky and friday's unlike unlucky and when they happen on the same day friday's lucky though no, this article is saying how there's a lot of people that say you shouldn't tr- start traveling, you shouldn't start a new job. It's unlucky to have a Jesus baby. Jesus was crucified on Friday because he well, was crucified on a Friday. Who the who the fuck starts a job on Friday? <laughs> who what fucking employer says can you start Friday? But I'm just saying they're just saying you shouldn't start new things or have new things or do new things. And then they talked Can't about nice people got worried mm-hmm. about 13 because, ooh, there are 12 months in a year and 12 gods on Olympus and 12 hours on a clock, which could also be 24, uh, 12 tribes of Israel and, you know, 12 apostles and 12 descendants of Muhammad. So they're going, well, if everything stopped at 12, then 13 must be bad. So people got together who were... I think saying Friday was bad and I they think were saying the 13 was people, unlucky. I think ancient people were just like, fuck, I can't keep going on this. I just, we'll just stop at 12. A dozen's good. <laughs> but you know one, one 13 that's fucking fantastic when it happens? A baker's dozen. There you go. True. You tell me what's bad Woo-hoo! about a baker's dozen. Not one thing. You get something for extra fucking donut. free. An extra donut, an extra cookie, an extra baby. Baker's dozen. An extra baby. <laughs> don't, don't worry <laughs> about it. I shop at a different store than you do. Apparently. So, so then they talked about. Um, if you cut your hair on Friday the thirteenth, someone in your family will die. Die. Yeah. Uh, but they talked about, about They talked about research being done about um, if there were fewer accidents and stuff, and they're saying. That there are fewer accidents and fewer reports <laughs> of suicide. Nobody's sleeping their house. Because everyone's fucking afraid to go <laughs> exactly. out. Exactly. Unlike a so full moon. When this we- Friday is your day to go out and do something really crazy and reckless because there are going to be fewer mm-hmm. people out there doing crazy, reckless do things. Do not go out and drink and drive, you fucking I'm pretty ass. sure. I'm that. pretty sure that second one is, is a line from a poem what? that was in the scary stories. Well, can you read it? Because people can't yes. see what you're talking I about. I would be happy to. The second one. Yep, the second one. Do you want me to take a screenshot of it? Oh, <laughs> I might forget. Uh, in a funeral procession passes you on Friday the 13th, you will be the next to die. 
Never laugh as a hearse goes by for you may be the next to die. Yeah. See, and so my godfather died, so I'm really hoping they don't have to you got your haircut? Friday the 13th. I, didn't. No, I, was, I did get my haircut, but not on Friday the 13th. I was going to trim my beard tomorrow, but I think I'll fucking wait till Friday now, you fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, Good thing we're not... Someone's dying. Blood. I don't care. Your mom. Someone's dying. Oh, well. They do say that there's some, some risks in hospitals <laughs> that are increased up. on Friday the 13th, though. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. I'm not superstitious. Hey, my cousin so. was bo- my cousin. My aunt was born on Friday the thirteenth. How'd she turn out? She's pretty amazing. Now oh, there you go. She kind of a bitch though. No, <laughs> she just said she was amazing. <laughs> no, look, I'm kind of amazing too, but I'm a total dick. So this says the North Carolina uh, not Stress totally Management amazing. Center and Phobia Institute oh, also God, reports that between eight hundred and nine hundred million dollars are lost in the U.S. each year due to shoppers <laughs> remaining at home and deciding not to travel. Maybe our life, people. So, I mean, so fuck grocery real. shop on Friday the 13th is there what I'm go. hearing. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Go travel. out and do all the stuff that you haven't wanted to do because the lines it, are too long. Why couldn't it be like fucking Saturday the 13th so I could go to, you know, like Sam's Club on Saturday the 13th and have nobody and there? Not have all the <laughs> ass wipes fucking stand 20 people deep for Come the on, little. People, let's be courteous here. If you're standing in front of a case and you're just chit chatting, get the fuck out of the way. No, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about Saturday at Samples. Sam's Club or <laughs> sample lines. Look, it's a fucking pizza roll, dude. I know you've probably already eaten like 30 of those fucking things earlier today. Before you came. That one free one is not worth clogging up the aisle and standing 10 people deep while the bitch doesn't even have the microwave plugged in. It's not even that. It's the people that stand there and present, pretend to like connoisseur the food. Mm. Like it's good. Tastes like pepperoni. <laughs> oh, this fucking shitty Tyson chicken nugget tastes like a shitty Tyson chicken nugget. And they sit there and have a little chat about huh, it. How much are these? Huh, what case are they in? Oh, they're right next to us over here. Oh, I'll have to consider that. Fucking walk to the next sample. They know what you're doing. I know they don't give a shit because no, I think they, they... I'm not saying that I have never been <laughs> like... Just say maybe thank you and you take a sample. Yes. And oh, you know okay. what? You know what? If it's good, go fucking take 10 more. They don't give a shit. The people that give those samples out get paid to give all the samples Yeah, they're they contracted. They don't even work for they Sam's Club. There's not even... Out. There's not like a person there going, I saw you give 10 samples to that back they dude don't over fucking care first off they're all like 65 they're just doing this to make a quick buck because they're old and they're bored they need something to do on a saturday they might not be bored they might be poor no no they're bored because they need something to do on a saturday because their normal like monday through friday mcdonald's at 10 a.m thing is (laughs) fucked on saturday because people i thought that only happened out of state no no happens here (laughs) you go (laughs) go to a mcdonald's between 9 and 10 on any day of the normal weekday and there's like just it's like a mob of old people. That's I'm going to start going out. to them and taking pictures. It's an old people's mixer. Now, <laughs> if you go to a coffee shop between 9 and 10 on a, a weekday in like downtown Salt Lake, all you'll see is fucking loser hipsters that don't have jobs. Hipsters. So I went to Hub and Spoke Diner. I have never felt more out of place. I was like, I don't think I'm hipster enough to be at this place, but it was really delicious. So. Did you, did and you the manager, your, Ted, was amazing. Did you wear your pinup outfit? 
No. You I should have them. I, I can't wear pinup outfit and eat eggs Benedict. Yes, okay. No. Pinup just don't, don't be an eggs animal. Benedict. She not can, happening. Pinups don't eat. She could wear a white wedding dress and eat fucking ribs and not get a spot on her. Yeah. No. I That's can't true. buy a new shirt and not spill on it. So. Well, yeah, I have boobs. forbidden I Chris have, to get white I have shirts. that problem with white, and I think it's because of my boobs, to be honest. They're, they're yeah, I, I don't have that problem. I have little boobs. Nothing ever gets stuck <laughs> on my boobs. Silence. Uh, I try to get stuck on them. <laughs> now the listeners know a little too much. The more you know. They knew too much a couple weeks ago. We, I, yeah. What were we watching? We watched something on On Demand the other day because our stupid DVR didn't record it. And they did one of those stupid The More You Know things from like the from 80s. NBC? The 80s. Uh-huh. Yeah. I haven't seen one of those in forever and it was on their fucking On Demand What did you learn? I, nothing. Oh. I don't remember. Was it a rerun or are they new? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I just remember like ignoring it because it was a commercial and I can't and fast forward. Like an yeah, the on-demand oh. commercials, you can't uh-huh. hit fast forward on those ones. So Look you kids. It's just through. usually one commercial. Look, kids, don't play near downed power lines. Da, na, na, the, yeah, more, the more you know. know. Hey, kids, hey, kids don't, don't take pl- candy from strangers. Da, na, na. Hey, kids, oh, don't no. stand under icicles on the side of your house. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys and make sure to take snow off of your roof so it doesn't kick in. Did you guys ever see the old Chuck Norris ones? What? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, those are awesome. I'll, I'll find some for you and play them before you leave. They're they're fucking great. Chuck uh, Norris's stuff is anyway, great. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know what the uh, episode name's going to be. Uh, uh, big Freak block tricks of dexophobia. Big block of cheese day is, <laughs> is up there. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I wrote something else down somewhere. I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter anyway. Uh, you'll know when you see it. When you've downloaded this and at the end you'll be going, I already know what you named it because I just downloaded it. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably make something up. Anyway, uh, you thanks. should just make something up that has nothing to do with the episode. <laughs> thanks to our guest, uh, Valerie Cameron Walker. Uh, listen to her on B98 uh, in the mornings from whenever to whenever. <laughs> six to ten. Uh, six to ten. <laughs> Monday no, through they're Friday, five probably. To nine, by the way. Are they five to oh, nine? Are they? Yep. Oh. Uh, five to nine, Monday through Friday. If you get up at five o'clock, um, that's super sucks. I'm sure if you don't, there's probably an hour there that you can listen to them. Uh, and check out Wizarding Days. Uh, yeah, because so, it sounds amazing. Uh, search for the Wizarding Days event and, uh, and buy we'll tickets. Have, we'll have uh, some tickets to give away too. So Yeah, we will. Uh, probably the first person that brings Jess a porno mag at VW Southtown because <laughs> she is woefully lacking in Are you still porno. in the shop dying mm-hmm. of... Oh yeah. Still smoking on that, Can't that smell me. exhaust pipe. Did you pipe? get your gas mask yet for from Army Navy surplus? No. I'm I'm getting you. I'll bring one next week. You can <laughs> uh, She'll probably be out of there by by then. But check us out. Uh check us out on Facebook. Uh leave comments. We like to interact. Uh uh you can talk to us on Twitter. Uh we retweet a bunch of shit. If you have an event coming up, just let us know and we'll tweet it out as long as it's if Utah we think related. it's cool. Jeez. Um if you tweet out an event for a Florida skate park, you can go fuck yourself. because <laughs> uh, we are the new Utah podcast. So we're at TNU Podcast <laughs> on Twitter and uh the new Utah podcast uh on Facebook and then the new Utah.wordpress.com. Uh, is our blog a lot of cool stuff? I there. like how you still look at Jess every time you say that to make sure I she still has to it. confirm. I remember. Yes, good job. Uh, you can also uh, send us an email if you want. If you use that archaic form of communication, that is not archaic. What uh, are you, my kid? Yeah. Um, the new Utah podcast at gmail dot com. I think. Oh, by the way, I don't know. I made it up. Kid got a tattoo. That's true. She did get a tattoo. Sweet. Dumbass kid. I wouldn't right. care except that she clear. spent her grocery money on it. I'm going to be clear. We I told her. sometimes. Well, we were like, hey, Same. 
we were like, you want to get a tattoo? That's cool. Just make sure yeah, it's not. in Cedar City. Yeah. Exactly. Really? That, was our, said, that was what we said. Come back to Salt really? Lake. We said, come to uh, Salt Lake. Know, hopefully, it was a fantastic artist. Or, or. It's just some paw prints, and or, so it's not bad, but. Go to Las Vegas. Yes. And and get your tattoo done. And she was in done. Vegas last Yeah, she was in Vegas last weekend. Or go to Las Vegas and get it done at a nice yes, studio. there are some good shops there. Do not fucking get it done in Cedar City. Like we, I Memories. said that to We've her. We said it to least, her several times. At least ten times when she was here over Christmas break because I knew that she it was coming. Tattoo. It's it was coming because she was itching for it. Because her friends, several of her friends, had gotten one, and she's been wanting one I for a while. Even taken her to a good shop up here. Yeah. <sighs> nope. Nope. Fucking on a whim. Yesterday face. afternoon, she gets a fucking shitty tattoo done on her. I don't think it's very good. It's I will never say fine. that to her because she's eighteen. She can always and, get it worked over. Uh. Mm, I'll show it to Trust you. Trust me. Uh, anyway, so uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, you guys have a uh, a good week. Um, it's the last week you have before did Donald. Did you just look I, for I a did. watch? It's the last week that you have before <laughs> Donald Trump takes over the world. Oh, good God. luck, kids. So uh, I saw a posting where somebody said, "Hey, the morning after pill is still over the counter, and it's good for four years." Better go pick them up. Oh. Uh, and with that, uh, uh, we're done. Good morning after pills. Good night. Good night kids.